Welcome to episode 339 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto team, welcome along to episode 338 of Iron Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Good. That'd be 339, actually. What did I say? 338. Oh, that's last week's show. Mm. We're going to Twilight Zone. We are. I'm losing my voice, John. Do you know why? Because you've been teaching aerobics. No, because I've been commentating a race. Yes. Uh, triathlon Festival. Exactly. House of Travel Triathlon Festival. Exactly. And I've been screaming, so this week I'm struggling with my voice. Okay. But I'm here for the for the people, John. That's right. It's how I roll. It is. Power to the people. Power to the people. Are you feeling a bit tired? I'm getting over it. You're getting over the tiredness? Yep. Yeah, two, two nights of decent sleep now. Good. He rang me last night. He said, I'm going to be on time this week because John, which has always cracked me up, is John always complains about people being late and every week he's late. <laughs> I would never used to be late at your old place. Well, just until you've moved. Well, just leave a little bit earlier. <laughs> it's challenging at 6.15 in the morning in the Newsome household. And then, so last night, but he made a particular point. I'm going to be on time tomorrow. So I was all excited. I thought, oh, if he's going to be on time, I'll make sure I've got all my side of things done so we can start mm-hmm. on the top. Mm-hmm. What happened? I was here on time. I was ready for our 6.40 interview. No, you weren't. Because we were meant to be here at 6.30. It's five minutes late again. Story of my life, I tell you. I took his Bradley brought to you by? Coffeesofhawaii.com. Get some of that. You needed some of that. I did. To get you wired and going. Athlinks.com. Oh, we've got some cool stuff talking about on there today. And extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer for extreme athletes. Okay, okay in this week's show, what have we got happening? We've got a bit of news. We've got... We're going to struggle on the news in the next few weeks. Not much happening, is there? Not a lot happening. No. Did you get that um, Joe Lawns doing Wanaka? Yes. Didn't actually add that in. We add that in. Add that in now. So then yep. we can talk about that. And also Lisa, who is the girl who got silver at the Olympics? Lisa Norton. She's doing a challenge race. Yeah. See, I'm just adding news now. Ha- a half challenge race, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, any other news I can make up? Um, Dave Dwan. Somebody went uh, 7 hours and 15 minutes from Iron Man last weekend. <laughs> See, there's yeah. lots of news happening, yeah. I tell you. Um, we've got an age group of the week. We've got a website of the week. We've got a discussion of the week. We've got an interview of Russell Cox. John, what's that about? Talking about how slow you Americans are and how fast you Europeans are. Controversial subject. And then John's got a rant. I've got a little rant. Save that till we get there. Look, he gets excited about his branches shed in his eyes. And then we've got some questions and answers at the end. So first of all, news. Big race we had last weekend was Ironman Western Australia. And look, we had some great racing happening there. We did. A few, few lead changes there on the run. So it was uh, for spectators there. It would have been all good. Um, we had Jimmy Johnson take it out in the end in 8.29. He basically won it on the run by running a 2.54. And he certainly wasn't leading all the way. Um, he had quite a bit of confidence in the back half of his run. And that's where he sort of surged, surged the front. We did Cosimo two weeks ago. That's solid. Yeah, that is solid. And he said that, you know, for him... He didn't know how he was going to survive, so he took the first half particularly easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you said, he could really fly home. Um, Horst Reichel uh, was second in 8.34, and Maddie White was third in 8.38, just edging out Jason Shortis in fourth and Peter Vabrusik in fifth place. Timo Bright got uh, mechanicals he needed to pull out. Yes. He was leading, I think. Now, flat and then mechanicals. Um, now, the times here were 
a little on the slow side. Yeah, because it has been a lot faster, hasn't it? It has. Now, they did have some course changes this year, and the weather was uh, a little bit tricky, but it's always a little bit tricky over there. Um, but I was somewhat surprised that... Because we normally get closer to eight hours, don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's normally the similar sort of uh, similar sort of field there. Um, so, yeah, not quite sure why. I mean, the guys are the same sort of standard, you know, but so I'm not quite sure why. Not so fast, but there was some course changes. Got to say though, um, when they do race there, uh, you know, <coughs> the, the the prize money those guys are finishing fifth or so. I'm just looking it up now. Prize money is at that race is it's a you, you say Saint Bevan who who just skyped you? We we that was Dawson. Okay. Yeah, not very. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'll tell you something really brilliant, John. Yeah. Prize money is pretty poor. It is. And the reason it's pretty poor is it costs people money to get to these races. Mm-hmm. You turn up, you want a couple grand, you really only covered your costs. Exactly. So how much do they get, John? Um, <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Why isn't Ironman Pro Membership site better? I'm pretty sure it's a $25,000 race. So first gets five grand, and if you finish sixth, you get $750. Really? Mm. Wow. That covers your Ironman Pro Membership for the year. But hey, I mean, a big picture thing, I'm not complaining too much about this because I think... Oh, you are? Well... <laughs> I am. But I still think if pro athletes want to make money, then you just don't go to these races. You go to the bigger races. But you finish six and you get seven hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> Peter Barusic took home a thousand dollars. Yeah, for a guy like him who does a race every weekend, mm-hmm. gets fifth. You know, at most races, mm-hmm. he's consistently fifth. Mm-hmm. And a uh, thousand bucks, mm. pretty poor. It is. Um, I think the bigger thing is John is. As an overall, all the all everything should go up. Does I that agree. make sense? Yeah. So, so John's not even looking at me. What are you doing? It is a two thousand point race, though, so you do get quite good points for being there. But so you get points, but no money. Yeah, but it's twenty five thousand dollar prize money. So if you're a Kona top tenner, um, well, so what are the tiers of money right now? So the, the top money is Kona's obviously the big Kona's race. off the chart. So it's, it's twenty. You basically go twenty five, fifty, or seventy five generally. So I think it should probably maybe be more something like 125, 100, and, and then 50 or something, or 75. And who's going to cough up that? Well, I mean, I'm sure they're doing all right. Uh, okay. How much um, profit would that make on an Ironman race? Oh, bloody hell. How am I supposed to know the answer to that? <laughs> what a stupid question. Do your work, mate. That's what you're a reporter. <laughs> so anyway, $25,000 prize money there, but 2,000 points. So my point was, if you did Kona, and then you, you basically have a top 10 or top 5, you get big points there. You've basically just got to do one, one Ironman and maybe... Maybe a 70.3 here or there, uh, and you're in. So that basically gets you qualifying done and dusted for the year, and uh, and you can move on. Yeah. Girls' side of things. Good race. Good race. Rebecca Keep was got off the bike. Now I've got what is what is up with Rebecca Keep? Because a couple what's of, up with Bex? A couple of years ago, she was um, smoking it. Smoking it. Yeah, she was 8:50. Yep. And consistently, Faster. I think she went in the 40s and rode. Yeah. Yeah. She might have. I think she did. No, I think she did. Eight forty-eight. Because she was second to Chrissy. The year didn't she get second to Chrissy? Yes, yeah. yes. I think you're right. Eight forties. I can't remember the last time that she's gone sub nine. Um, and I know I've heard sort of through the grapevine, you know, and through the grapevine. We had the singing last week. We're not going to do it two weeks in a way. Hey, John Hancock loved yeah, it. He did. He did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wonder what's going on there. I, I heard it mentioned a little bit of a back injury. Um, but she's consistently been, you know, she went 9.14 here, and I know it looks like it's a little bit longer, but still quite a bit slower than what she's capable of doing. 
and yeah, so she got pipped by Britta Martin from New Zealand, and she. Yeah, to be honest, John, I don't know much about Britta Martin. No, well, she's she's she races for New Zealand under the New Zealand band now because she lives here, and I was told last night by the Philanae that she uh, goes out with uh, Robin Reed, New Zealand cyclist. Yep, I know Robin Reed, uh, yep. Olympian. And well, he's done Ironman as well. He did Wanaka. Yes, and I think he got like fifth. Or something. Yeah, he was first off the bike, wasn't he? he spanked everybody, and then yeah. passed on the oh, run. Yeah, of it. But did okay for his yeah, first yeah, race. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, but anyway, I think she might be German, but uh, it's a good result for her. Um, she's had some you know, good challenge races, um, sort of top five sort of stuff. But I, th- I think that's probably her first big one. It's nine thirteen. Well, I think solid. it's quite cool because she she passed with about three k to go. So it's always mm. nice to come from behind for the win, isn't it? It is. You know, and coming off a, a one hundred two swim, she had a bit of time to make up. Yep. She um, did well. So if we look at Torsten's tri uh, sorry, in second place we had Rebecca Keat and third Rebecca Hoshny and Bree Wee um, faded with a three twenty six run. She was leading off the bike um, for a nine twenty four. So sometimes we. We don't give athletes a hard time. We say, oh, that was a bit slow, blah, blah, blah. Um, but if we look at old Torsten's ratings, he basically colour codes them on tryrating.com whether they've uh, gone quicker than their expected times or slower. So Jimmy Johnson, um, he was expected in 8.27. He was just two minutes outside that, whereas uh, Horst Reichel was uh, tw- about t- nearly 20 minutes quicker and Matty White was a little bit slower. He was about three minutes slower. When we say about Britta Martin, you know, you can only race who's who's there, and, and she did 9.13, which we'd say, hey, well, sometimes I've gone sub-9 there, but for her, that was 11 minutes quicker than her expected time. And she's done enough races now that her stats are probably pretty pretty reasonable, whereas Rebecca Keat, she was about uh, five minutes outside her expected time, so she should have come in about 9.09. So if you want to check that out, go to tryrating.com, and uh, Torsten has all those little colour codings and tell you what people should have done um, versus what they actually did do. And one thing on the on the race is the guy called Matt Rogers. Now, for most people mm. outside of Australia and New Zealand, or maybe a few palms would know him, Matt Rogers was a, a legendary contact sport player because he played both rugby league and rugby. He played rugby mm. for Australia and was also one of the most legendary rugby league players of all time. Um, very good player. He was a very um, skilled player. He played like first five, winger, fullback. Just an amazing rugby league player and league, um, rugby player. And he did the race, and he did eleven oh two. And I read that there was a little article there before the race. He was uh, he was saying that oh, I really wanted a, I really want a ten in front of my name. If I go ten fifty nine, I'll be stoked. If I go eleven oh one, I'll be really quite angry. And he went eleven oh two. And I looked at his time on the run. He I think he ran a four thirty two twenty, and he was about two minutes twenty over um, over the time. Um, so he, he maybe been aiming for four thirty on the run, and then just uh, dipped outside it. Uh, mm. Break your heart. Anyway, it, we, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we've got, we've got an interview, so we're going to be back in two seconds, and we're back. And so, what am I pulling up here? Next well, so, piece of news? So, so over over Christmas, we're trying to do a couple of shows this year where we'll have a couple of interviews in there because you guys bitch and moan when we uh, well, just let's be honest, how how does yeah when yeah, we repeat how shows up. So over Christmas, we're going to have a couple of interviews up. They probably won't be two full shows, but um. There'll be some, some new content up there over Christmas this year. We've got some good interviews, actually. We've got Barry Siphon. He's going to be happening, and he's always great. And yeah. then we've got Torsten, and he's going to be talking about the top performances of the yeah. year based on statistics. And yeah. some interesting stuff in there, isn't there? Oh, he loves that stuff. It's great. I well, it's just it. interesting looking at it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And 
Um, so listen up over Christmas. We're going to keep it keep it rolling over Christmas. Okay, John. For all the Kiwis, we had the Tapo, the ta- Kellogg's Nutrigrain Tapo half. We don't normally talk about halves, but one thing that I pulled out of this was Cameron Brown only finished in fifth place. It was pretty poor. He, was, uh, he obviously just uh, went into cruise control on the run, but he had 4.16 versus Graham O'Grady, the winner, and... 3.58. He spanked everybody by nearly 10 minutes. John Tapu, New Zealand, I'm in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Hasn't really got the, the, you know, the pull now for the pros. The money's not as good. The points aren't so good. There's not as many Kona slots for the age groupers. But, you know, it's still a good race and it's going to be great this year. But it's because it's a New Zealand race and we've got a few good athletes nowadays. It's going to be a stellar it's, race. It's going to be a great race, isn't it? It's got just awesome. It's Cam versus... Bevan versus uh, Terenzo. And, uh, and I'd be very surprised if you get any other good guys from overseas coming. Uh, well, who knows? But if you've got those three racing, and, it's and pretty, racing hard to get, well. pretty hard to get in the top three. Yeah. So that's going to be Because you look at a guy like a Grady, and he's a pretty sharp athlete. But mm. oh, he's, no, he's very sharp. Yeah. But he, I don't think he'll be racing fools. You don't think he will? No. Mm. He's, he's, he's too good at halves and Olympics. So Cam Brown was there. And then... Um, uh, Joe Lorne a bit of, bit of news she's racing going to go down and do Challenge Wanaka take on uh, Gina Crawford and which is interesting on one side and then also she she won the race up there in, in Taupo there wasn't really anybody to, to push her too much but she seemed to be um, implicating that this was going to be the last time that she was uh, running up and down Taupo so I wonder if she's um, um, pulling up sticks at the end of the season I'm not quite sure just going to maybe have a season of doing she's not doing Taupo well it didn't, didn't sound like she was Okay. Interesting. Um, so I wonder if she's uh, having a year of doing different races and then, who knows? We'll see. Really, she's not doing tapu. It did not sound that way. Wow. John, John, this isn't in the news, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a John's rant. Okay. Chrissy retired last week. Yeah. For good. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. People, were, speculations out there that she's druggy. It's ridiculous. I know. Like, so, 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 who knows? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah true. And, and that's the sad time we live in because yeah. when you get these athletes who are legendary, there's always going to be a bit of kind of something over their head. And people are saying, well, now that EPO is such a, hmm. you know, it's such a thing that, you know, she's getting out before the game gets a bit tougher. <laughs> I haven't seen any of that. <laughs> that's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous, John. Yeah. It's ridiculous. If you're thinking those thoughts, Move on. That's a pretty weak rant, Bevan. You've got well, to get fired up. Well, I, do, I, I, don't, I don't have the inner anger like you do, but, you know, I come from love. But I don't know. It's just like if anyone who spends any time with Chrissy, you spend a minute with this woman, you know she has a, a moral sense and a moral sense of purpose around making this world a better place. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why she stepped away from the sport because she sees bigger things that she wants to achieve that are about making this world a better place. And from day one, even when we first interviewed her, you always got the feeling that this person is just a really rounded person who knows her moral compass and is really going in the right direction. Now, you could look and you could say, well, someone like Lance, he always seemed like he was a pretty good guy as well, but I don't know, Chrissy, mm, yeah. well, he raised you know millions and millions of dollars for cancer, yeah. so you could look at it that way too, but I don't know, I really, really would struggle to think that Chrissy, mm. you know, yeah, so those of you spreading those words... Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You're doing no good to a legend of our sport. And you wanted to bring up Lisa Norden. She's uh, she's trying to hand at a half Ironman. She's going to go she signed up for Challenge Future Ventura, which is over in the, I think it's in the Canary Islands. Um, They're quite good at the old PR old challenge, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Quite good at getting, you know, just a little bit of PR here and there. You've got Macker and Monica and yeah. Lisa and Joe Lorne. Monica, the female race will be pretty good, won't it? Where? Monica. Uh, it'll challenge. Be, yeah, it'll be Gina versus... 
um, Joe. Yeah. Be a few other, maybe a few others in the mix, but it'll very much be those two going mm-hmm. head to head. Mm-hmm. Gina won't have, be won't be breastfeeding them, which which was her challenge last year. Well, she, she had to stop during the run. Well, she <laughs> she was in a lot of discomfort from the look. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't necessarily just not necessarily <laughs> just the racing. Um, so at least in Norton Racing, we also last week's on last week's show we mentioned the uh, Timex, the Timex two two six in Bohol, Philippines, and we didn't have any results at the stage, but uh, we had old good old good old good old um, Lance. Richard, yeah. Yep. Mid J A I. How would you say that? He, uh, you, you got it right, I think. Okay. He flicked through the results and he was saying that Arland Masiab uh, is the top triathlete in the Philippines who holds the la- the late the fastest Filipino Ironman distance time in nine forty five forty four. He's based in New Jersey and races as a pro. He is the founder of Fat, the Filipino American Triathlon Club. It's a great name. You can he says sorry for the plug, but that's no problem. Another interesting fact of Arland is he always finishes his race with a handstand. And he does. He sent through a couple of photos, and in one photo, he's doing a one hand handstand. Really? That is that is risque. Because years ago, John, I used to work with this guy called Chris at the gym. He's this young guy who was a Jimmy. And, and when you work at a gym, most people don't survive in the gym industry. It's, yeah. it's a pretty tough industry. And most people last about three months. And unfortunately, Chris was one of those people. But he loved doing handstands and walking around. He thought he was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So one day at work, he showed everyone how he was going to walk up some stairs mm-hmm. on the handstands. And he starts walking up the stairs, all good fun, all doing it. Yeah. Arms collapse, knocks himself out, has to go to hospital. <laughs> 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 he got a written warning about it. <laughs> Um, so at the at the time X two two six, from the look of what I can see, first place was uh, Panalosa Franklin um, in ten twenty six. Masieb, and that was uh, no, it was uh, I'm wrong around. Sorry, Franklin Panalosa in ten twenty six. He beat Ireland, who we were just talking about. Ireland Masieb by about a minute. Oh, close. Maybe Ireland was doing that uh, handstand hand finishing. He went too early. Yeah, he went too early. And Benjamin Junior Rana. Um, in 1029, he's maybe related to the Ivan Rana, so maybe why he's so fast. Uh, Arnie De Leon was first female in 1218, Camilla Brooks was second in 1249, and Selma Itayala was third in 1339. It's good well times. done. Go the, the fat crew. And they had over 100 people racing, which is pretty good given when we've looked at the results of a year or two ago, they only had like 26 or something. So nice work. Massive growth. Massive sponsor, John. Tell us about Athlinks. So Athlinks. So we're not. Last week we were talking about the new thing that they're going to be introducing the sort of the water factor. We were looking at one of Bevan's results, and you can move your little thingy jig up and down. I'm not sure when that's actually going to be live. But one thing we went onto one of my results um, from Challenge Wrote in 2008, and this is a new feature that I haven't seen before. If you basically click onto any of your results. And you scroll down the page, in the middle of the page, they have um, a little uh, sort of dot chart, which sort of shows you where you finished um, in your age group and, and how the times sort of pan off. But then they've also now got your members, friends and rivals on different tabs. So I can click on, sort of see where I finished out of the members and wrote and good old Juzzy Granger took me down. Mm. Um, so I was only the second athletes finisher there, Kit Stokes. Wasn't too far behind there, and then there was Bevan James Isles. Oh, um, and then you can also go through and you can look at where you've sort of rated against your friends. 
I rated fairly well against my friends with Bevan uh, James Isles. Mark Tinkner was uh, back there in 9.35. Nick Nose Rose was there in 9.42. And Ross Muir was there in 9.42 as well. Nice. Actually, they did the, it looks like they did the exact same time. Ross came on my camp in Poland and uh, Nick Nose Rose, a uh, good friend of the show. Really? There you go. They, oh, yeah, I wonder no, if they no. went to over, over hand in hand or mm. they may have started in different waves. And you've also got your rivals. So that's just a really quick way to um, to go through and you can sort of see how you rate. You don't have to go through and search for other people's results. If, you've got, if you're friends with them or if you've set them up as your rivals, quick way to analyse where you're at. And I've got to say, I was using Athlinks on Monday because you know, coaching a number, number of athletes is quite hard to stay on top of exactly Who's, what, 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 doing, what, yeah. their, what their PR is and stuff. And I had um, Annette Lee racing in WA last weekend and she uh, she did a PR. I wasn't quite sure if it was how much of a PR it was. Um, I knew it was. So quickly went on Athlinks, had all the results there, clicked on Iron Distance results, had them all there. Easy way for me to find out if it was what a PR. What kind of PR was it? 14 minutes. Really? 14 minutes. 13.10. Love your work. She was aimed for sub 13 and got, to, got down to 13.10. So nice PB. Nice, thirty mm. minutes. It's a nice PB because mm. she's done a few races, isn't she? She's gone. She's 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 gone for the the, the the what is it? The legacy program or the oh twelve? The, the, yeah, yeah. Got yep. to twelve. She's up to eight. So she's got four more to go. Four to go. I wonder what kind of time frame. This is the thing. If you're going to look for legacy, you've got to go. How long do I want to try to do it over? So she's you know four more she, races. She's going to try to slam them all in pretty quick. <laughs> oh, she's uh, yeah. But then you've also got to apply see how long it takes to get there. Yeah, so I wonder, like, let's say you qualify this year for the Legacy Programme, will it be next year that you get in, or do you think it'll probably be 2015 or 2004, you know, like... Well, I think, as t- I think it sounded like most people got in this year, I think, didn't they? Oh, did they? A, a, a lot of, but I think as people have cottoned on to this, I think as the years go by, it will, there will be a bit more of a waiting period as people crack up their 12. How many, other, can you recall how many they led in each year? I, I seem to think it was 100, maybe? Or was it 50? I don't recall. Yeah, but but even then, let's say you you know you start out today as an Ironman, you go okay, I'm going to do twelve. You know, there's going to be the old bad man who'll do twelve in a year, but really, for most people, three or four a year would be max. Mm. And even that's pushing it. Kiwis would be more like two if you're lucky. Yeah, or one so, in Australia, which one is the way it should be. If you're going to do this, it should, I would like to see it, people are involved in the sport for good five, you know, five years, to ten so, years yeah. um, before they can do it. Have you been to Kona anyway? Do you get the legacy? You don't do you? I don't think so. No. And I'm almost positive on that. Yep. It's Check it all out. Check, check, check it out. Last week's discussion of the week was... Oh, it was a cracker. It was a cracker, and the people were fired up, John. So Scott DeFilippis, I, I got the topic off... Um, it was actually off the post with regards to um, the Jody Swallow accusing um, the Austrian girl of uh, riding with her partner and uh, yep. blatant drafting. And Scott DeFilippis suggested why not start the, um, the race... The pro race in the, in the middle of the day solves Most problems. Most people didn't really like the idea, did they? Yes, but uh, not everybody. And we actually had Scott DeFilippis actually went on there and commented. So it must be either a listener of the show or somebody told him about it. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, what is it? Uh, it's in there somewhere. You can you can find it. Okay, I'll read it. out a couple that I actually pulled out earlier that I really like the sound of. Um, first, a lot of people went on there said, "Oh, they're all going to crash into us on the bike if we do this. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's going to be too much out there. There's thousands See? of athletes." <laughs> 
But um, Jim Bonsall summed it up really well and he did a bit of uh, statistics on it. He said, excellent idea. For those who have mentioned bike traffic for the pros, it's not a problem. If you calculate the math correctly, 7am start for the age groupers, 12 noon start for the pros. Use Kona for example, Marino was first off the bike in 5, five hours, 23 minutes. That's his bike and his swim together. Only one age grouper had a slower time of 10 hours, 23 minutes off the bike, meaning Marino would have only passed one age grouper. Bike cutoff time is 10 hours and 30, 30 minutes for the race. Um, even at Ironman Florida, where Andrew Starkowitz set an Ironman record for the fastest bike, his total time coming off the bike was 4.53. That would be 9 hours, 53 minutes for an age grouper, a two-hour swim and an eight-hour bike. You're talking only maybe 10 to 20 people max. I couldn't find um, any he would have passed. Plus, passing them would be pretty instant as the pros' speed would almost be double of that of what the age groupers are going. So Jim was really saying on the bike, there's not really a safety issue. When it comes on to the uh, in terms of crowding on the run, could be a few issues there, but I think that was a really good sum up he did. Well, Sergio Borgs, if that's, hopefully that's how you say it, so his age group starts at 6.30 with three wave starts every 10 minutes, then pro starts at 12pm. By this time, pros hit the bike course around 12.55 with transition. Most age groupers will be done with or on the bike, so it's kind of saying the same thing as you. And then Philip, I mean Scott DePhillips, how does his last name? I would have thought De Philippus. De Philippus. So far, Sergio has the best opinion. The races are getting too big for mess starts, and the tipping point is not far away when people start walking away from the sport because of it. So that's what he said. I agree with that. Um, because do you think? Know, really? Do Do you think? Do you think that? You know, like there's a lot of frustration out there. I think about drafting on the bike for the for the for the hardcore athletes. Yeah, um, but is that going to stop people doing the sport? I don't know. I don't. Because the problem is, like, you look at the hardcore athletes. I think they're pretty niche, really. Mm, I think wave starts, you know, is, is the way to go. It just spreads things out a bit more on the bike. But I think that the re- re- area where we've got the real issues is, is when we had like Andrew Starkowitz and guys racing uh, Arizona on a three-lap course, and they have to pass huge numbers of, of age group athletes. I think that's a real disaster waiting to happen. And Andrew yeah. Starkowitz was sort of mentioning that, you know, he's probably crapping himself after what happened in, uh, in Abu Dhabi yeah. if he hit, hit somebody else, you know, it's all over Rover. Um, one other idea, the post that I thought was really interesting was Robin Haywood. Um, age group race on Saturday, pro race on Sunday. We've talked about this in the past, sort of poo-pooed the idea a bit, but he said pro race on a 20k bike loop and a 5k run loop, similar to the World Cycling Championships where they ride 260ks over 15 laps. If you get lapped, you're out of the race, uh, you're pulled off the course. 9am pro start, 7pm cutoff gives you 10 hours. Woman only, uh, woman only pro race at some, at some races and male only pro race at other races. They used to do that in the States. Yep. Um, so completely free of age groupers and other sex interference. Age groupers get to watch the race up close day um, uh, the day after they've done theirs. They can drink beer, eat burgers and have fun. One big party. Or they could go um, healthy eating and eat lots of vegetables and fruit on the side of the road rather than beer and burgers. Nah, beer and burgers, mate. You I think, think that's race? a fascinating idea. John, it's an interesting one, isn't it? But, so, but do you think... Once you're like, because a lot of people we, we love about Ironman is that people will say, Well, you know what? I love it that on race day I'm out there and I'm racing with Cam Brown. Mm-hmm. Or I see Craig Alexander out there. You know, there's the, the, the appeal of our sport that on our big day we're in the same race as the top dudes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other sports, that's, you know, just not realistic. You're not going to play rugby with Richie McCaw and your team. So do you think they would take away from that? Well, I don't think you want to do this at every race. This could just be something a little bit niche, maybe one or two races a year, um, and I think it would be fascinating. 
you know. Do you think uh, as a speed score it would be because it's such a long day? Well, if you had a good strong field, now I'm I'm, I'm not convinced at Kona you should go messing with Kona too much. But I'm I'm thinking if I'm sitting at Kona, and if you had a 20k circuit on the bike, um, including Palani Hill, you know you'd basically do the start of the ride. You'd probably head out to say the airport, come back, have Palani Hill, probably go up Kunikuni Highway. That's probably ballpark 20k's. Um, I would find that pretty interesting, sitting on Palani Hill and watching the guys come past nine times and watching the race unfold for the pro athletes they probably prefer to just be out on the queen k just you know tt'ing it but i th- i'd be i'd be pretty up for that um and i think it'd be pretty bloody interesting and i'd be happy if i was an age group athlete racing on saturday and then kicking back and watching that on sunday i'd that would motivate me to go to that particular race if i was choosing say say they had a race in australia and they had two different races you say right you can come to melbourne you can watch you can do the race saturday and you can watch the pros race on sunday or you can go to Port Macquarie and just go and do your race and the pros will be on the same start line as you I'd be straight to Melbourne I'm going to be awesome the only problem is oh, like I kind of like that idea I can see where you know especially if you did the laps small enough because like they have the in Christchurch they have the elite road cycle championships here every year and mm-hmm. they've got a great course because it's I don't know what each loop's about 20k's or something like that but mm-hmm. and there's a good hill climb within it and so as a spectator you go sit on the hill and it's just awesome all local athletes are out supporting the race it's such a great event and you're kind of the athletes bug on for 15-20 minutes and they come back you watch the race and then you catch up with your mates so that's kind of fun but it's an exciting race when you're watching a cycling race and lots is happening in each lap something's happening and Ironman we don't we lack that excitement factor within the race but don't you that would um, I think that would be quite easily not easily solved yeah, you're never going to have these massive breakaways and all of a sudden boom race on but that's Ironman racing but I think if you had a 20k circuit and you, you did it properly in terms of having um, good MCs, get DJ, DJ BJ on the uh, yep. on the list, you had some good music, you had some good, uh, like in the Tour de France you go along and they have, before the riders come through, you have this media vehicle that comes through and he's blaring out all the results of what's happening and who's in the lead bunch and so on and so on. If you had that rolling through just before the first athletes come through, thinking that'd be cool, you just have to make... You just have to work a bit harder to create some atmosphere, and uh, I think what you need to do to make it work, because I, I see what you're saying, but I think the thing is, is that let's say Florida Starkowitz goes and you know, oh yeah, then the rest of the day is pretty boring. No, it'd have to be a championship race, and it'd have to be a really strong. Oh, field. so you're saying only championship races? Yeah, you'd have to have a really strong field. If you or did it, you could have prizes for random things. Yep, totally. So you could do you could do some incentives like they're doing with ITU right now with the bike. Mm-hmm. You know, you could mm-hmm. say okay. If you're in the top ten and you st- you get to the bike ride in the top ten under you know the first sixty k's under I don't know, an hour and a half or something stupid mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. you know that it makes guys take risk but makes the race really interesting. So mm. you almost kind of skew the way they're doing the racing based on some performance paydays within it. They would just mix the race up a little bit more as well. So I think that's comment of the week because oh really uh, yeah Robin Haywood comment of the week. This is a new thing, is it? Yeah, comment <laughs> of the week because. Uh, yeah, I just think maybe just try something a bit innovative. It, it, it also removes the one barrier that we've we've talked about in the past. If you have two split days, logistically nightmare. Just it'd just be so hard to well, get. Well, even that, just the cost. Yeah, the the number of volunteers that would take. You have a twenty k circuit on the bike. You have one aid station. Yeah, it's easy. Um, you don't have to close that many roads. Um, I think it'd be awesome. What about a five k loop on the bike? No, you'd get lapping and all that sort of stuff, and you need you need to have twenty. Yeah, every if you get lapped, it's game over. It's just last man standing. <laughs> then you get some cooser, cooser, um, attacking on the bike and just no dis- disregarding the run totally. But if he laps everybody, <laughs> exactly, he can walk How the run. How much of a rate that would be so much fun. 
that would get you crapping yourself. It'd be because it's, it's exactly like a, um, <laughs> a, a a points race on the the track and cycling. Yeah, exactly. You lap up. Yeah, you, so you, the runners would have pretty. to take a risk, wouldn't they? Yeah. So the runners would have to take a risk. The five k lap's the key, mate. <laughs> and then and then yeah, so the runners like the slower runners, but fast slower cyclists, but great runners have to take a risk, but they might blow on the run because of it. Well, Marino would have been more than five k's in front off the bike this year. He had eight minute lead, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah. he would have won the race on the bike. Yeah, he would have lapped them out. And there'd be guys who try to do that, wouldn't he? Imagine if Bjorn. Bjorn could finally win the championship. It's funny that we don't play around with the sport. Well, you I know, think ITU, that's what we were discussing with Barry. So if I think ITU are going to start playing. Well, you disagreed with Barry. I did. Yeah, but you'll hear it in a few weeks from now. But but the thing is, is that we, you know what, there's a formula that works. And obviously, we, you know, it, it, why break a you know, fixed formula? But at the same time, it would be cool to see some innovation in the Ironman mm-hmm. distance racing, you know, to mm-hmm. do some stuff like that where, you, you know, just play around with it a little bit. You know, we've been around for a while. We've been around for 30 years now. Maybe just some time just to chuck some races out there that are a little bit more fun, a little bit more interesting. So we had the House of Travel Triathlon Festival, Christchurch Casino Elite Cup. The athletes love doing Did the they? elite format. They just say this is wicked just to do so It was a good race too, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll talk about that. We don't want to talk about that in the news because that should have been the leading story. Yeah, it should have been. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Anyway, uh, we had quite. Do you, want, a, do you want to mention anybody else? We had quite a few ideas, but most of them were consistent. Um, yeah, most people didn't like it. Didn't and like quite it. Quite insulting. Mm. You know, stupid idea from Christine McKinley. Yeah, Chrissy. Yeah, bloody hell. Uh, Cameron Griffith said, "Not a bad idea. Have an escort bike in front with warning sirens or lights." Um, most people will be off the bike course at that stage, allowing them to run through the field. The other idea I was thinking is you would have issues with aid station stuff, but simple. You'd, you'd set up. Um, Separate pro aid station tables. They, John, have, that, they have that. There's American. always a solution. There's always a solution. So you know, I don't think, think problems. Think solutions. Get innovative. But um, silly idea, Doug Soho. It's a love. Hey Thurston, the fish. Oh, that'd be awesome because then I could sleep in late. And I hate waking up early for a race. Let's do this idea. He th- he thraces pro. Oh, does he? Yeah. There you go. See advantage of being a pro. No, I think definitely not doing it every race, and I'm not proposing that at all. But I think do this at a couple of places um, downtown locations things like that it would be it would be cool okay John um, what we Ooh. do have to say is this week we're finally going to sort out our IM Talk IMM Finish Awards yes what did you get all for did you get an email what you went all oh, I don't know <laughs> in, in and out pretty quick <laughs> he stresses but he relaxes yeah. pretty quick so what we've, what John's come up with here is his Five different grades. Now, you can tell me whether five's too many or not. I kind, I kind of, of did look and think five, but... Mm, maybe give everybody a bit of love. Okay. Yeah. So here's the grades. Yeah. If you do a sub nine, in our eyes, you're a superstar. We aren't making up these names. You guys have to come up with the names. So for sub nine, we need a name that you can, you know, that if you get under sub nine, you're like the Ferrari or your whatever. You guys have to come up with the names. Maybe what we'll do is we'll go, this week it's the names, and then next week we'll do a vote off. Okay. So you guys come up for names and we'll choose like the best three of each mm-hmm. and then you guys vote. Can mm-hmm. we do that on Facebook? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. I think so. We'll find it. We'll figure it out. So he's got sub t- nine, sub 10, sub 11, sub 12, and then over 13. I've got sub 13 as well. No, I've got sub oh, nine, sub, sub 10, sub 11, sub 12, sub 13, and, so a, what, and a PB. What happens if you go over 13? You get nothing. You get a, well, If it's a PB, you get a, a, a name. No, but what if you're 13, 20, and you've done 20 races before and it's not your PB? Tough titties. You get no name. No. no, you need an over 13. Yeah, because like you go sub 9, I'm a Ferrari, sub 10, 
you're a, a no, an Audi Sub 11, you're a... <laughs> I don't want them to be insulting. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want them to be that you, you're bad. It's just that there's different levels. Yeah. And so, but if you get Sub 13, a cool, but what happens if you go 18? I mean, well, not 18, let's say 15. You get nothing. I suppose it should be saying. I was I was more looking for PB performances there. Yeah, well, there's PB as well. Okay. So we need... Oh, John, we've got a lot of categories here. Do you think you and I will remember these each week? We'll put them somewhere I'll remember. Put them in, I'll put them under the bottom of show notes every week. We'll have them there. Okay, good. So this is this week's discussion. Ironman finishes. We've now got the Ironman finishes at the end of the show. And we know you guys love this. And we know that you want to get your race results on the show. And we also know that once we've got some grading around it, because what happens is when people meet us, they come up to us and they say, especially the people who've been age group of the week. I was age group of the week 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was going, we didn't even do the show then. And yeah. Like, yeah, well, I was. And which is great. And so, but people come up to us and they go, I'm in the so and so club. We should get swim caps. We should get different colored swim caps for different grades. And oh, sell that's them. a gold idea. Mm. Leave that with me. Or maybe even jerseys. That's getting a little complicated. No, it isn't. Because you could do, you know, you just got to go. You don't have to do it. (laughs) That's why it's not complicated. (laughs) Similar jerseys. It's all the same, but maybe one sleeve. Mm. Tell you what, people, if anybody's got good contacts for for swim caps that can be made, good silicon ones that can be made. What, you don't know my jerseys idea? Well, because I've got to do all the work and then it's a lot of, that's a lot of work. No, but you you finish and you get that sub 10 and you get the iron torque jersey and it's got the, 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 the coloured arm with the... Happy to do that if you want to take that on. Someone else, go for mm. it. Great idea. Swim caps, I will do if I get a good supplier that's reasonably priced. Swim cap, you just put in an envelope, boom, job done. Same Easy. With the jersey. <laughs> Shows how much you know about it. Right. I find it really easy work myself. We're going to go sponsor. We're going to pull that sponsor. Oh, we're going to sponsor now, are we? SLSTry.com. Dr. Dave, or Double Day, Double, double DJ Dave Dwan. Yeah. So the, he's, he, that's going to be on the Facebook on the website. This well, week. I was going to do, I was going to do the mountain snail. He's been sending me a couple through his photos. Oh, he's through. been on before. Get him off there. Okay, you're next week mountain snail. Yeah, he had the family photo, but yeah, well, he's been on there before. Oh, okay, Dave Dwan's going up there. Well, he raced in the he's looking sharp the too. Sequent Pegasus Classic Triathlon at the weekend, and he was wearing the I am Talk the SLS Tri I am Talk try suit he was looking sharp that, that's a cool suit man that is good that is cool man because yeah. I was going to look at it going what how cool it is and then you see it in person you go it is cool it is. But Dave, some people positioning of your race number is important people well no he, I thought he positioned it quite well he's, he's got it right over his uh, yeah but genitalia. that's where you want it yeah you don't want you, nothing worse than the knob showing yeah well Dave's got it he's, 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 he's positioned you, you were giving him a hard time about it I thought he was pretty clever he's covering up he's covering it covering up John's got sent me an email it's got the photo which you can see on www.iamtalk.me and he's like what are you trying to hide Dave <laughs> and admittedly he, admittedly he is looking like he's trying to hide something yeah. but tell you what looking sharp so we're gonna with SLS we'll do a uh, we'll do another tri-suit um uh, stuff in the, in the new year we're looking to have them getting a full range of tri suit stuff and try tops and try bottoms oh, get bottoms as well yeah so we're oh, going to work, work on that you know what you should do mm-hmm. when you're organizing it do the grading with the tops as well no not happening <laughs> uh and the other thing with sls if you're looking for some stocking fillers or something small for triathlete friends or family or anything like that some great pretty generic things are going to be getting some uh some socks or the other thing i like on there is some full length sleeves for the bike they're basically leg warmers sizing is pretty easy to get right with things like socks and um and leg warmers um you don't need to get a tape measure out on your partner and uh pretty inexpensive use the promo code i am talk and uh you get them through 
great little just just a little top up present. Probably wouldn't be your main present, but just your little top up present for for those you love and uh, and want to get a little extra for them. Yeah, John, you know what? I'm just looking at Dave Dwan's photo here. Mm-hmm. You're obsessed with that. Well, yes, because he's got that great outfit on from me, so let's try. But the thing you do want to remember, team, is when the photo's coming, you've got to know the photo's going to be taken. Because mm. some people just never get the photo right, do they? No. You know? You've got to get that photo right. Dave Dwan looks all right, but you don't want to be on the down. Mm-hmm. As a runner, you've got to be on the up. Mm-hmm. On the down, you always look ugly. Mm-hmm. Your technique looks ugly. You know, your quads are contracting. You, you look like you're bloody bucket running. Yeah. But then when you're on the up, you look like you use some bolt. Exactly. So you've got to time that right. I know you don't know when the photographer's taking the click, but just take a risk. Thanks to Rachel Harris for some of those photos. That photo of Dave, anyway. Oh, did you? Yep. Okay, Rachel Harris. Bit of music. Oh, okay, music time. Okay, here we go. Um, SLSTrial.com. Remember the code IAMTALK. What, what discount do they get? Uh, I think it's 20%. Really? Might even be 25. Wow. Mm. Solid. And cool gear team. Just mm. do it. Do you know what they need to do, John? Do it. Exactly. Age group of the week. Okay. Now, I've got to give a bit of love here to Lentz Deo. He actually was the guy that sent us through the stuff just earlier in the show regarding the Philippines race, the uh, the Timex 226. Um, we didn't have his name up earlier, so apologies about that, but it was uh, Lentz Deo. Thank you for sending that through. And he's also sent through some age groupers of the week. Well, he's, got, he's, got, he's, he's basically saying, uh, good day. Good day, John. Good day. Top um, of the morning to you. Filipino-American Tri Club, a.k.a. the FET Triathlon Club, um, would like to nominate triathlete couple and FET... <laughs> just sounds wrong saying FET, doesn't it? <laughs> FET couple members, Wirt... How does that one, John? Wirt... Villanueva. Villanueva. And Francis Peachy Villanueva as age group of the week. Let's start off their amazing story with Wirt, who is a six-year cancer survivor. He was diagnosed with stage... Um, to a Hodgkin's lymphoma in January 2006 while his wife Peachy was 34 weeks pregnant with oh. their twin girls. Oh, that's horrible news. He found out, uh, he fought like hell and after he kicked cancer in the butt, he decided to live a healthy lifestyle and started training for a marathon in the fall of 2010. He managed to finish his first marathon in March 2011, also the same year that he did his first sprint triathlon and finished an Olympic distant race as well. Obviously caught the bug, he went on to sign up for his first attempt at Ironman in 2012 for Ironman US Championships in New York. Only in his second year of doing triathlons, Wirt's 2000 season started off with the Disney, oh, the Walt Disney Marathon in January, the Chicago Lakefront 50k run in March, then a whooping sub-4 marathon in May and the New Jersey Marathon, followed by his first 70.3 at quasi 70.3 on June. Quasi Rev 3. Yep. And then uh, went on to do Ironman US Championship in New York in August with a solid time of 13.06. Race results are courtesy of athletics.com. See? Nice. nice work. Good work. That's a pretty impressive, don't you think, tackling a 50k run, your first 70.3 and 140.6 try all in the same year. But he wasn't done yet. He went on to do the Shawman 70.3 try on early September together with his wife Peachy, who was attempting her first 70.3 distance try. They both finished strong um, and both went on to do another 70.3 in September. Ironman, how does that one? Poconos. Poconos 70.3. Both had a solid performances there as well. We then went on and raced 70.3 full half, full try, half full try a week after Ironman. 
Poker nose. 70.3 and <laughs> poker, poker in a nose and finished second in the survival wave. They must have what, survival wave like a cancer wave. Yeah, well, that's that um, half full try that Lance Armstrong did. Oh, yep. Great concept. Don't agree with him racing there, but still. <laughs> hey, well, work got second. We did. They both um they will both be capping off their 2012 season by running the Filipina Marathon. Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia, sorry. Marathon in November the 17th. They've probably done that by now. Uh, but that doesn't end there. Peachy has signed up to 2013 Ironman Mount Tremblant and her first attempt of a 70, um, full Ironman distance race. And, of course, Wirt will be there with her as well. What makes this sport story more impressive is that both Wirt and Peachy are doing their, all their training, racing, and working full-time job while raising three lovely girls, Lexi, Sam, and Case. Wirt has been quoted as saying, I do what I love and I love what I do. His amazing story enduring the challenges he has faced truly makes him the heart of our club. Him and Peachy are an absolute inspiration to all of us, showing us that our limits and their, uh, showing us that our limits are only what we say they are. Or maybe there are no limits at all. No limits. That, that, I love those stories though, where people like, you know, first of all, imagine waking up with cancer when you got like your wife's twins. twins, 36 weeks pregnant. So how many weeks are there in pregnancy? Uh, it was nine months. How many weeks is that? Oh, nine, four, 36 You've two kids, you should know. Yeah, 36-ish. So she was pretty due. Yeah. And find out you got cancer. Mm. It's a pretty horrible moment. It is. And then, you know, to, to, you know, to fight it and, and to win that battle, which is great. But then to go on to think, okay, I want a healthy lifestyle. And, and he has become a racing machine. I know. That's what some people do. They go kind of go. Mental. Yeah. These people just have transformational experiences and they go from one extreme. You're like, mm. oh, I'm just not into it at all. To just the absolute opposite. And, you know, Wirt has just been absolutely maxing it out. But then Peachy's got into it as well when she's going to be doing her first Ironman. Nice work. Pretty cool. So Peachy and Word, you are our Age Rivers of the week. week. And if you're in somewhere in the world and you're looking for a Filipino-American triathlon club, probably in America, yep. look for the fat crew. Uh, should we do... Do you do Russell Cox? We'll put Russell Cox in. Here's Russell Cox. Okay, very happy to have on today's show. Uh, he's been on Epic Camp multiple times. Hardcore. A coach himself and a bit of a numbers man. So Russell Cox from trainstravels.co.uk. Welcome on to the show, Russell. Coach Cox. Coach Cox. <laughs> yeah, look. Yeah. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hard work, it works. There you go. He's a man who today is going to tell us why all you North Americans are slow and Europeans don't get a fair suck of the salve when they go to... Suck uh, of the salve, John. When they, <laughs> go, to, go, when they go to... Uh, when it comes, to, to, comes to Kona. So, Russell, you know... Um, well, you're a bit of a numbers man. You and you and Torsten could probably hang out and have a, a good old party. So, what's um, <laughs> what's your sort of fascination with all these numbers? And um, in terms of, we're going to be looking at sort of stats from from Kona. Um, well, to be honest, actually, it started earlier this year, and I was playing about trying to just trying to see if it, you know we always talk about the relationship between bike and run performance in in Ironman, or, yeah. or you know how. You go too fast on the bike and you go too slow on the run. Yep. I actually started trying to look to see if you could see that in the data. Um, and then I guess it was around time of Kona this year, I I put together some some little tools uh, to get all of the data out of Ironman.com from Kona because the athlete tracker is, is basically pretty rubbish. Um, <laughs> if, if you want to see... If you want to see all the results, it, it's pretty poor. Um, and and so I, I fetched the results and then just playing about with, with numbers and statistics and, and people 
commenting on Twitter, uh, thought, well, actually, I could look and, and compare and, 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 and answer that question that, to be honest, mostly Europeans ask, which is, you know, aren't we faster than the Americans generally? Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think there is a general feeling in Europe, at least, uh, that that Europeans go faster at Hawaii than, than Americans do on average. Um, so I figured that as I had the data, I could at least look and see if there was any truth to that at all. And what did you find? Um, well, it started off with just looking at this year's race and uh, the kind of the numbers I looked at at first pretty much hinted that, yeah, there was a difference. You know, the European guys tended to produce faster results. So you kind of, actually, I looked at, I actually also looked at uh, the Brits and the Kiwis and the Aussies as well, just, just to uh, be sure. Um, and, and yeah, what you tend to see is, there's a bigger spread. Well, for a start, there are more Americans. There's about this year there were 980 Americans in mm. Hawaii and uh, 510 Europeans. Wow! Uh, so, it's, so it's a huge difference. Um, I think it's a, I think uh, there were kind of a couple of hundred Aussies and Kiwis. So Americans heavily outweigh the rest of us in, just in terms of sheer numbers. And and what you do see is there's a much broader spread of results. Mm. Um, but I think what was quite interesting was when I looked at the number of people going under 10 hours, there was uh, less than 100 Americans going under 10 hours, but around about 150 Europeans. Oh, okay. Which, given the, the difference in numbers, kind of suggests that a high, you know, a high proportion of Europeans are breaking 10 hours in Hawaii. And there's a lot less of them there. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, the first thing I actually I got asked was, you know, is that the, the lottery and the legacy? Yeah. Uh, obviously both of those give ways of getting in that doesn't involve qualifying. Uh, so we have a bit of a bit of struggle to actually find names for who had won the lottery and, the, and legacy slots. I was able to remove them and, and kind of look at the results again. And, and it does improve numbers for the Americans. It, it, basically, what you see there is lots of lottery and legacy slots are you know, it's a broad distribution of athletes um, and, 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 and kind of tending to be the slower guys in Hawaii. Um, but even then, if you removed it for 2012, you, you still kind of see this difference between Americans and Europeans. It narrows, but, but the, uh, the Americans are still slightly behind the Europeans. Did, did you break it down sort of by age at all? You know, because, I don't know, just... Anecdotally, my feeling might be that there might be some more older Americans racing, um, which may, I don't know, skew the results at all. I mean, how did it look on a uh, you know, per age group basis? Was there any stark findings there? Well, basically, once you got in touch and said, uh, did I want to come on and, uh, and talk about this, um, I figured I'd better actually look at that in more detail and, and, and see, see what was happening. Um, so I went away and I, I got about eight years worth of data that was available on ironman.com, so hey, 2000 present day. Yeah. Uh, and I picked, and I started to look, instead of looking just at the, the kind of distribution of times and, and, and just comparing in a graph and maybe a couple of averages, I, I broke it down into age groups, got the average time for the age group and, and standard deviation as well to give some indication of the spread. Yeah. Um, and I did that, first of all, for 2012. And sure enough, you kind of see the per age group 
uh, I should say per age group in the men, you don't see the difference with the women's field. Right. Uh, you you see Europeans ahead of the Americans, and not a huge amount amount of overlap between the groups when you you consider the the, the kind of standard deviation. So. There's a lot more spread of American results, whereas the European results are a bit more focused on around their mean, their mm-hmm. average. Um, and, and that's true pretty much from about 30 to into the 50s for men. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the younger age groups, the pros and the older age groups don't really show as much difference. Mm-hmm. Um then I looked at 2010, as just happened to be the next one I looked at, and that year the pattern was completely different in that there was very little difference between either territory. Both North Americans and Europeans heavily overlapped and very similar results, and, and only a few European age groups were faster. So I actually began to worry that, um, having said that Europeans look to be faster based on one year, actually it, it you know would prove to be uh, pretty random as to what happened on a given year or... You know, um, so then obviously I checked all the other years, and uh, it, generally the pattern is that European men between thirty and around fifty-five, sixty, go faster than their U.S. counterparts. Um, and how significant that is kind of varies. I decided the other thing I decided to do is is to start doing a bit more serious statistics on it. I, I've got to admit. It's it's been years since I've done any any real statistics, and I and I hated it at university. <laughs> so I, I did do a little bit of testing, um, and sure enough, in 2010, when I didn't see much difference, then the, the kind of test I applied um, said, yeah, there was no significant difference between US and and European athletes in that year. But in say 2012, and in a couple of the other years where I tested, you would get you did see those major age, the kind of core age groups, which are, to be honest, they're the guys who are asking that question saying, yes. we think you're into faster over here. Um, they were significantly different to the American results. So you could say that, you know, European results and and American results appear to be, you know, genuinely a difference in performance. Would... Um the, f- the fact that you've sort of probably got more of the cream of the crop of Europeans, given that there's less, less, lots, less yeah. of them qualifying, you're going to get a better quality of them versus Americans. There's a, a larger group size, so they're always going to have a bigger spread. Do you think that helps to explain it at all or not? Well, I kind of think that's probably the, the explanation. I mean, I, the, the other thing I did when I first looked at 2012 was I managed to get a, a list of the qualifying slots for each Ironman. Mm. Uh, and then basically for those Ironmans, I took a look at the, counted up the qualifying slot, slots, divided them into North American and European races. So uh, to keep it simple, I dropped out the uh, the kind of uh, Australian, New Zealand, South Africa, and just ignored them for, for the sake of this test. But um, I uh, looking at just North American and European races, I added up the number of slots and I looked at the number of North Americans and Europeans in each race. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what, I, what I was finding was there were about 670 slots in North America and 480 slots in total in Europe. Yeah. Um, but North American races are larger generally than all but a few of the European ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so field sizes are bigger. Um, and, and what it works out is if you look at North American races, they're actually 
a higher number of athletes on average per slot at North American race than there is at a European race. It's, oh, it's kind of like 32 athletes per slot in North America to 25 in Europe. But obviously you, you're kind of seeing there's a different... Um, I think the other interesting thing was I have done a look at the distributions of finish times for the last two years of racing, um, which kind of gives you a different picture. If you look at the, the kind of the, the finish times of European and North American races, you tend to see a broader spread of re- results in North America than in Europe. Europe tends to have a slightly more skewed set of results. It obviously depends on the race. Some of the slower races um, aren't so skewed, but but it looks like um, European races are athletes there tend to be a little faster in, in in the sense that they're a little more there's more competitive athletes there and, and, and kind of the feeling I have is that the the difference is actually that the American field is kind of bigger and has more um, athletes there to comp- complete rather than purely to compete. Okay. Maybe higher. It would be- if you could to work out how many people there actually were racing with the hope of one day you know uh, qualifying um, versus in Europe where I think there's a, a fairly high proportion of people asking the question can I ever qualify and their motivation to keep racing is more about whether they can qualify uh, at least in the Ironman series did you find out anything else um, or anything else of, of interest when you were looking at the, the Kona stats in particular um, that you thought, oh, it was, I wasn't quite expecting that? Um, I mean, I'm still kind of digging through a lot. And I, 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 basically, I, I've been slowly collecting uh, each, every single Ironman's results out of, out of Ironman.com. Um, so I, I built some tools that enable me to very quickly download it. It's, the advantage of having been a computer programmer in the past is you can you can write stuff to do that quite easily. Um, so I'm kind of building up a database of, of all the result sets, um, which is, which is kind of letting me start to explore some other other areas. So kind of recently, what I've started looking at now outside of Kona is that is the qualification process, and I did some graphs for Germany because uh, was it last week they announced 100 slots in Germany this next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I did there was I fetched all of the the results for Germany from about the last 10 years that I could get off of Ironman.com. Um, and in each age group, I, I, I looked at the first 20 finishers and I took their average time from over the years and the minimum and maximum time. So you effectively get little graphs that show you a range of times that would get you into, say, fifth place, okay. um, 30, 30 to 34-year-old male. And I'm kind of looking at that now and wondering if I can do something with that whereby, you know, you can say in Germany you've got a lot of slots. So the question that originally came up was on the 40 to 44-year-olds. You could say I'm a 40 to 44-year-old and there are 20 slots. What sort of time do I need to do to have a good chance of qualifying? So, you know, from that graph for Germany, a 40 to 44 year old guy who goes 930 um, in Germany based on the last 10 years should be pretty certain of, of being in the top 20 and qualifying. It would be a, you know, an exceptional year if he wasn't. Yeah. Um, which isn't to say it won't happen because given Cozumel was coming up, I had, a, I did the same thing for the, uh, I'm Cozumel data. Yep. And, 
there are fewer races there, but what I found was for the most part, particularly in the main age groups of 30 to 50, you, you see they actually stick quite close to the means of the last few years. So they're not that far off the average. But then you had things like the 18 to 24 year olds, the youngest age group, the top five there went far faster than uh, in previous years in what I'm told was pretty tough conditions. Mm. I was interested to look at that and see um, that like for the 30, I think 35 to 39, you only had to go 928 in Germany, which is a which is a pretty fast course. So I don't know. I mean, have you have you looked at all to to see where it's a bit easier to qualify? I mean, I'm sure you get that question a lot as well. Well, that's kind of where I'm, I, I I want to head to eventually. What I plan to do is do this for each race, and this at least gives you a distribution of, of you know either of the finishing times that might get you in. I mean, the thing to bear in Germany when you see those times is if you look at any of the kind of 30 to 50-year-old male age groups, you're talking about age groups with, you know, in the case of 40 to 44, 20 slots. So 15 to 20 slots is what's bringing down that time. My impression is is that at these races, you tend to have maybe, particularly in the men more so, where you have more, more athletes, you have to say maybe four or five athletes who are exceptionally fast. Mm-hmm. And then you have another group who are fast, but not you know freaks. Basically, um, yep. you're kind of going from guys who you know in thirty to thirty four might be able to finish in that nine thirty region, maybe down to nine twenty on a fast course. But then you might have two or three who can go sub nine. Um, so when you have fifteen slots, you get all those really fast guys, but then you get those pretty fast guys who who you know filling in the next 10 slots you know they're fast by any standard but they're not they're not the guys who are looking like pros almost yep Uh, so i mean in terms of actually kind of picking an easier course i've seen other people have done stuff on this out there um but it's the difficulty is is you can look at a given course and say these are the times that got different places the problem is actually comparing it between courses so as you say, you know, like Austria and Germany are fast, but have more slots or have had more slots. Uh, say Ironman Wales is slow, has a reasonable number of slots by current standards, but um, you know the time differences are going to be completely different. So I kind of would like to work on that, and it's something I'll kind of will probably be part of my winter project, as it were. Um, but it, it's coming up with a way to standardise across the different races, allowing for the fact that a Lanzarote is a different kind of race to um, a Frankfurt uh, <laughs> in terms of finishing times and, and difficulty of the course. So, so what's your gut feeling telling you about if there are, at the moment, if there's, a, uh, if there's an easier place to qualify? Is it at, in, in, in the States or at um, races with a larger number of slots? Or what, what's your sort of, if you had to go out there and try to qualify yourself, where, where do you think you'd head to? If I was, if, if I'm a European and sticking in Europe, my general feeling is I'd go to Ironman UK at the moment. Um, it's it's interesting. I don't think it gets it certainly doesn't get kind of field of mainland Europe race does, and it doesn't get the kind of field Wales gets. Um, and I think there's a little you've got good odds if you're a fast enough athlete. if you're a decent athlete you've got good odds there. Um, otherwise, you know, when I'm talking to guys I coach, I tend to say. Ironman UK or perhaps look to America. Um, no sure thing, obviously, but 
and, and slot distributions are changing as well, which which changes stuff. So last year, Germany only had, I think, 75 slots, which yeah. meant a bit harder there. Um, but yeah, I'd probably point them towards America as a good place to qualify. Um, Any races in particular in North America? Uh, I don't think I could pick one out for you at the moment. I think there were, I mean, people were talking about the fact the new, the new Ironman Canada is going to have a lot of slots. Yeah. Um, so I've certainly seen people who've kind of looked at my stuff suggesting that the American races have a broader spread, slightly less competition at the front. Um, and kind of thought, well, if you go to Canada, you've got lots of slots. And, you know, in theory, a good European should have a chance there. That said, you know, it's it's a North American championship, isn't it? So in theory, it should have a better field, mm-hmm. uh, if that's attracting age groupers anyway. So if, if guys like the, the sound of all your stats and what have you, they can find that at trainstravels.co.uk and, um, yeah. and also you've got Coach Cox. So have you got any camps or coaching or anything available at the moment? Um, I'm, I'm pretty full on the coaching actually. It's going well. So I've got a Good. few guys on a waiting list and that, um, which isn't to say people shouldn't inquire because you never know. Yeah. Uh, I've got a camp next year which... Uh, Waiting for confirmation whether it's all, but one or two athletes. But otherwise, yeah. Yeah, say so you, so you camp again because you cut out for a second. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, I've got a camp next February over in Lanzarote. Um, it may have places, though I've had a few inquiries again. So uh, hopefully, you know, I, I'm waiting for some confirmations from people to say whether they're coming or not, but. I may still have places like that. Um, and, uh, if, you know, if that's a success, there'll be more camps in the future. Great. We're quite happy because we go onto your, your website at the moment and there's a picture about your camp and somebody's on there wearing an I Am Talk jersey. So, yep. good so on you're you. obviously, oh, yeah. obviously getting legends on your camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, no, it should be good. Uh, that, I think that was Dave Pierce on that one. Uh, um, nice, Dave. Yep. Hey, well, Russell, awesome. Thanks for your time. And we're more than happy to have you back on when, um, if you've got any more statistics coming up, because I know the listeners all uh, like to hear that. So if you do come up with any more um, interesting finds, telling the Americans how slow they are or the Kiwi, <laughs> the Kiwi, how the Kiwis are so I really fast. Didn't want to. <laughs> I really didn't want to start any kind of debate like that. But, oh, well, <laughs> but you have. But you have. So <laughs> yeah. t- tough. Hey, um, awesome. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Russell. No worries. Good stuff. What do you think, John? Bird? Oh, controversy, Bevan. controversy. Controversy. You Americans need to sharpen up. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, it's um, it is interesting. We, yeah, we talked about a number of different things. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. We did the interview. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember what we talked. Um, but I, I, I do think you know, if if I was on that fringe of trying to qualify somewhere, I think I would gravitate towards one of the. The, the championship races that now have got more slots. I think there's more reliability in terms of the the, the field. I think it's going to be pretty pretty strong. But really, like okay, you, John, no, you no, I'm not not talking me. I'm talking if I was on. Oh, the you're, you're you're kind of a guy who maybe could get the roll down. You know, oh, what do you mean talking? I might get the roll down. No, not you. I'm saying okay. if you were right. You'd yeah. win the race, John. There's no denying it. <laughs> it's going to happen. But. You know, let's say you are someone who's going to maybe, you know, there's six, eight slots for your age group. Mm. You know you're not going to win it, but if you have a good day, you might get top 10. Ideal day, you get that eight slot, but you might get 10th and you might get that roll down. Championship race is going to be too hard. 
Because well, I suppose the bigger question no, is... Seen that way, I mean, are that, championship races pulling strong age group fields? Well, I'm just going to Stronger take, than normal. I'm just going to take Russell's word for it. He's, he's, he's saying Germany, things like that, they had places to go to qualify. Especially if they keep bolstering out these slots like they seem to be doing. I think the 2013 place to qualify is Whistler. <laughs> we have just thrown all those slots at it just to try to crush challenge. Yep. And... Uh, that would be the easiest place next year to qualify. Do slots equal participation? Because uh, even if they throw a lot there's of cer- there's it. certainly it certainly <clears throat> helps, but I don't think that would mean instant sellout. Because I mean, really, there's only so many people that are in the realm. Of how many? How many are they throwing at Whistler? Just the hundred, I think. Okay, so hundred. So even then, there's probably what three hundred people who think they could get them. Mm, I think probably a few more than that, but it's not going to fill your two and a half thousand up. I think. I don't think. Having said that, whistle sold out pretty quick. Has the challenge race sold out? I've got no idea. Mm. Well, let someone else know about that. Mm. Actually, just on a side note, mm. I need, I need, because I'm a, such an Apple geek. I need people from the Windows world or the Android world to tell me what you, those those worlds are doing about getting podcasts out there, because Apple's kind of dominated the podcasting world. And now with Spotify and, and iTunes has kind of dominated it. And now with Spotify, and if Spotify don't do podcasts, but and, and now that the, the Android platforms are becoming quite popular, I'm just kind of curious to see, for those people out there, where do you go to find podcasts? Because I want to make sure we're there. Mm. So I'm just, I'm just not sure. And I tried to do a bit of research, but I was just like going to hell, John. Different world. It was deep, dark place. So just if you're on the Android platform and you, you, know, you get podcasts and stuff, and if you listen to this, you obviously do, What's the best way? Where would a podcaster go to promote themselves within that world? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, um, do you want some music? No, we'll be right. We, we'll, okay, now put some music oh, in. Oh, we need music, John. Okay, let me hear the music. Website of the week. Do you want to have another rant? No. <laughs> John just got an email and he's, he's a little bit disappointed in somebody, but yeah. we can't name names. Yeah. It's all friends around here. But if someone were ask, ask you to no, do something. Just, let's just stop. Just, yeah, just not do even, it. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So website of the week this week has been sent through to us by a guy by the name of Mike, the Farbenham, Farboon. How is that one? The Farnborough Fox. Farnborough Fox. Hewison. It, Hewison, and he sent it through, and he's saying this is a pretty website. And actually, I read this one; it was pretty interesting. So, so um, the link we got was uh, through BikeRadar.com, which I think we've had a website the week before, and it's basically got an article on friction facts measuring drive t- drive chain efficiency, and that takes you off to www.friction. Uh, um, line in the middle of <laughs> line in the middle, whatever yep. you call them. Is it hyphen or dash or da- uh, semicolon? Dash. Dash, What's the semicolon? Oh, these oh, are- I don't know, We didn't get taught English properly in New Zealand. No. Com, um, it's basically frictionfacts.com with a little line in the middle between facts uh, slash test results. So what this guy, this dude has done, his name is... That's a funny name. Jason Smith. Jason Smith. And he's gone through and he's basically trying to... Me- um, 
measure independently of all the marketing bullshit you see out there. Um, he's basically gone out there and testing a whole bunch of products as to how you can have, what, what sort of efficiency gains you can have by doing things like having a different chain, using different uh, chain lubricants, and basically just seeing if there are many small gains there. And he's found some pretty staggering results. Massive, eh? He's saying sort of um, 10 watts from a different sort of chain um, you can potentially have. Uh, he's also saying there's up to a 3 watt difference between the two most commonly available um, new chains, so they're the most common ones, but it could be up to 10 watts. Um, a 1.5 watt saving by changing pulleys, a 1 watt saving by um, switching to and from different sorts of pedals, uh, and he's also gone through that using different lubricants can give you fairly significant changes as well. So, In, in some cases, up to 10 watts. Mm. So this or is, 10 percenters or 10 watts? I think it was 10 watts. Massive, just on a chain. Yeah, so this is, this is pretty interesting, and this is the sort of stuff that I'm going to have um, my bike guru guy down here looking for me for Project 2014, is looking for all these tiny little areas where I can gain... Can you afford all that crap? Bevan, <laughs> you don't know me well enough. <laughs> There'll be a way of making it happen. Uh, but just looking for every little time saving I can make. So by using this chain versus that chain, by having this bike drink bottle there, um, I'm not going to be going to wind tunnels. Well, I don't think I will be. There is a wind tunnel in Christchurch, so I really? potentially could use it at the university. Yep. Um, Go on. Uh, so we could could maybe look into that. Uh, if anybody in New Zealand is interested in wind tunnel testing, maybe pop me an email and I can maybe see if I can do a group booking in there. How much uh, does it cost? I've got no idea. Yeah, I think if you've got a group in there, it probably wouldn't be. Why would they have a wind tunnel here? Oh, the engineering school. It's oh, got, it's engineering. Most, okay. Yeah, engineering school. So he's, he's um, and this guy's not really doing for profit. He is selling a couple of things um, in there. He, he's selling an ultra fast chain for $89, which is a $20 upcharge on the Dura Ace one. What he's basically does is he's got the Dura Ace chain and then he's treating it with some some chemical and that gives you even better performance than what the Dura Ace chain would give you originally. Yeah, because so, he thinks that's the best chain. Yeah. And it's all about lubrication really, isn't it? It is. And he's saying that some lubrication actually helps you lose wattage lose up to five times. watts. Bloody hell, I'm a bit more worried about when I oil my chain. Am I gaining or losing watts? You never oil your chain. Oh, so okay. if you started... Yeah. But it could be making it even worse. So brilliant stuff. So you go to go to um, this website, Friction Facts, and he's got a whole bunch of geeky reports. Um, so ha- ha- imagine him hanging out with Torsten for a few days, talking geeky stuff and it's stats. Good stuff, and, huh? Yeah. But he basically sells his reports for a very reasonable price. I mean, this guy is, it does not look like he's in it for um, making huge amounts of Well, he spent 55000 bucks. Yeah. Of his own money. Um, so you can get a, re- a report on all the friction f- facts for like $9.95, um, chain efficiency testing, um, and the factory lubes for like $4.95. Um, and derailleur pulley efficiencies like four dollars ninety five, pedal efficiency four ninety five, um, chain efficiency versus runtime is a free download, as is chain efficiency versus load. So what is it? What's it telling you in those th- things? You know, well, I haven't bought any of them, so I couldn't couldn't well, tell you that investment for the show, mate. Well, yeah, I'll get on to that. Um, you yeah, no, somebody was Another just, email. Somebody was just updating things in my Dropbox, and I was like, "Who's doing that? <laughs> it's not you." <laughs> um, so cool stuff. John, Very cool. Yes. What's the website? It's friction line in the middle of the page. Facts.com/slash test results. <clears throat> now we're going to have all these English scholars and most people who've oh, got brainy a, people. an IQ bigger than uh, three, which is what <laughs> yeah. Evan and I combined. Combined. Are, yep. Uh, telling us all the different things. John, about. before I talk about race photos, mm-hmm. how you got to make sure you get it right. Yeah. Now you know you've got to go race photo right mm-hmm. if you go on the race site and mm-hmm. the next year they've got your photo up, don't you? 
You do. You've done a good job. Yeah. Porno, he's got one where his half of his face is out of the water. Mm-hmm. That's used on – I think other races have stolen it and put them on their mm-hmm. sites. That's not probably the best photo I've ever seen out there. But the Abel Tasman race, look at this. Look at this. Who's this? Who's this? <laughs> yeah. See, you would have gone quicker, you monkey, jumping up and down like a monkey. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's gold. I'm, I'm, maybe I'll use that as next week's photo of the Hand week. Handstands. You people. Bluff M. Timing is perfect. Look at that. I'm, I'm in the mid-air. It's all about photography. Nothing to do with the person. But it's about knowing it's going to happen. I was running along all these other photos. People were just looking at smiling, doing bad photos. I jump in here. I'm, looking, I'm surfing mid-air. Yeah. And I'm on the. This is two years ago. I'm still on the site. Where's the bloody I am talk logo in that that picture? Eh? I was promoting race team. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me more money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you very much to Mike, the farmer of Fox Hewison, for sending that through, and we'll have a link um, on IamTalk.me. Yes, very good, especially for the geek out, geeks out there. Let's do um, extreme endurance. Sponsor. Extreme endurance. We talked about this week is stocking fillers. All the bloody websites are doing it. We're going to do it as well. Stocking, stocking fillers. fillers. Another stocking filler. If you're struggling for for gift ideas for triathlete friends. Um, partners, um, kids, yeah. whatever. Um, extreme kids. endurance for the kids. Yeah, yeah. It'll make them extreme. Endurance. I think, I think it's thirty four ninety five. I'm not on the website right now. It's either thirty four or thirty nine ninety five. Get yourself a little month supply there. Try it out. You won't be disappointed. That is a cool idea, actually, especially mm. for you partners of partners of, of athletes. Mm. You know, like because we know lots of couples listen to the show. Yeah. And what you want to do is because I'll know about this. So you kind of buy what you put in old, you know. There's a little stock and filler for you, mm-hmm. and then you know they'll go, "Oh wow, that's a cool idea. Thank you." Exactly. But the thing is, because you both listen, they'll probably do the same thing as well, exactly. and it'll be a little in joke. Ha oh. ha. Or you can steal their. Uh, if they don't do it for you, you can just go and steal steal theirs. You know. For- it's like the gift that's when I bought my sister Bros. Remember Bros? When? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Bros. I wanted the album, so I bought it for my sister. Nice. You do that when you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thirty nine ninety five for a bottle of Extreme Endurance. Great supporter of the show. Also have the Informed Choice tick, which what does means that, mean, that it is uh, basically independently tested for any banned substances. So you can basically, you know, we've had we've had these issues now. If you're a Kona qualifier, you're now basically in the WTC's testing pool, and they got that guy Kevin Motes recently with his uh, testosterone patches, um, and. Yeah, when you take extreme endurance, you can have faith that you know that should you qualify for Kona and should you get a drug tester knocking on the door, the extreme endurance is drug-free. It's got the informed choice tick. So when you are buying supplements, that's one way that you can actually know that uh, that the product has been tested and uh, it doesn't have anything that's on the banned list. There you go. That's good to hear. Mm. Extreme endurance, endurance, guys. Get onto it. Okay, next And up. if you want those promo codes for the Amiga Vital, go to imtalk.me and we've got the promo codes under our sponsors link. Yeah, they're all there, guys. If you ever want to get any of our promo codes for any of the people who support us, just go to imtalk and there's a little link in the header there. It's got sponsors or codes or something like that. You'll find it. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll find it for people. Hold on a second. Okay. imtalk.me. imtalk.me. And remember, if you've recently done... Dot com. No. Because instant messaging, yeah, that was why. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and talk. Instant messaging of talk, we had no chance. We had no chance. Me was the best we could do. Mm. You were trying to tell somebody off the other day for putting iron in their word. I thought you were a bit off there. Well, I know I was being hypocritical. Yeah. It was special. It was like Iron Girl. Iron Girl. Iron Man, Iron Man can't get you for that. You sure? I'd be positive. You could, we, we, the reason we had to change our name was it was Iron Man Talk. Oh. Uh. We'd be fine. You can call it anything Iron. If we were Iron Talk, we'd be fine. 
It sounds stupid, but it does. That's why we didn't use it. Yeah. So if you want the promo codes, you go under our sponsors and then uh, I've got promo codes button there. Love your work. Questions and answers. This one comes from Jonas and he's just got two things. What do you think about these swim, those swim workouts? Is it German? Oh, he sent through some swim workouts, John. Tell us about them. Yes. So well, Jonas's question was, uh, since I'm not able to complete a long distance triathlon next year, I'm trying to get fast in Olympic triathlons. Um, and he sent through some swimming training programs in German, so I couldn't really read them. But I had a look at them and I was pretty blown away by the... Uh, it was just a free resource and the website if you're a German speaking person is triathlon with one of the little lines in the middle scene <laughs> is it line <laughs> middle or down it's just in the middle horizontal uh, scene s-z-e I'll put a link to it on our website dot d-e and basically had a pretty comprehensive free program of uh, and swim workouts and everything in there do, so they, you, do they have a translate um, it was on a PDF oh. and an Excel so basically but it aren't was, swimming numbers uh, yeah but it yeah, but I wouldn't have translated it, I don't think. Um, but anyway, basically had uh, you know some programs and stuff up there. Um, just free free resource. It looked fantastic. So you can't give feedback on it because you didn't understand well, no, it? And this question goes on. Um, so I'm trying to get faster in Olympic triathlons. Is there a, sw- a similar training program for running and cycling like the one that I mentioned for swimming? So basically a free, free program. Um, or do you have other good programs you could recommend? I'm not looking for a program which says I must have to train on Monday, Saturday and Sunday. I'm rather interested interested in specific workouts with a clear plan that I have to do, e.g. run 3 by 400 full pace or something like that. Now, um, I don't have any Miracle websites which basically has amazing, amazing um, programs or anything. The one that you're on looked pretty bloody good for, for a free resource. For free? Like you got the beginner triathlete who has some mm-hmm. sole programs, which some of those are okay. Mm. Um, free. So uh, I think what you need to to do is 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 it's it's not just about trying to find these. Ma- and this is uh, because I haven't got a great answer here. It's not just about trying to find these magical workouts that are going to automatically mean you're going to be super fast. Or you know, like Andrew Starkowitz had that that series of um, you know 360 swim workouts, which is great. It keeps it interesting for you. But I think for, for, if you're doing Olympic distance racing. What you've got to first do is, is, is if you want to, most people want to get faster. So if you just want to do, just want to be fit and healthy, and you just want to keep racing, then just you're just following interesting sessions is is gonna gonna work for you. But if you want to get faster, I think what you really need to do is. Uh, is look at where you're weak and work on that particular area for a particular part of the season. So I thought the discussion we had with Gordo a little while ago about breaking the season into different different blocks, and that was, I think, specifically working on a two-year periodized cycle. Um, but if you're just working on a one-year cycle, you really need to have a season full of blocks, and you need to think, right, well, I'm going to be doing Olympic distance racing. Um, I want to get from the start of that finish, the start line to the finish line as quick as I possibly can. How can I do that? Um, if I'm if, uh, swimming a lot, might only save you 15-20 seconds but if you know you're a weak biker then boom that's the area you want to focus on then you break it down a bit further and you think what area in particular of the bike am I particularly weak at I might be really good in the hills or I might be and then crap it at time trialing so you've got to focus on the areas that that you're you're weak at firstly I think spending the off season doing doing that is is of real advantage and for some people unfortunately that means plenty of time on the trainer if your bike is going to be your your focus if you're going through winter um and then when it actually comes to your um, Olympic distance racing, um, Jonas, when you, you're looking through your season, I think you, you need to race fairly regularly. And by fairly regularly, I'm sort of talking maybe doing a race every 
three weeks or so, maybe throwing a, a few more in there, but having a full season of racing, um, if you're coming from, from an Ironman background, plenty of racing, learning how to push yourself to the limit on a fairly regular basis, and that'll give you some extra mental fortitude. Um, I also think that if you're doing Olympic distance racing, like iron distance racing, you want to have a peak race for the season, preferably um, a mid to late season race where you can actually build up and really try to spank out um, a solid performance. And the other area I see a lot of people falling down is not doing enough bike time trialing work because most of our racing is on flat to rolling courses and people just don't go out there and, and hammer enough on the bike in terms of all out full on efforts. And... Yeah, so I think the main thing is, sorry I don't have any answers in terms of particular you know, golden workouts. You know, that's probably why Macca came out with his 12 things because I think there are people out there that just want, what are these magical workouts I need to do to be fast? I think you really need to look at the season in its entirety and, and have a good, consistent, long build-up. Of course, you still need key sessions, but I think you're going to get more gains out of actually periodising your season a bit better. Nice. That was a fake smile you gave me there, Ben. It was like, nice effort. No, no, Carry no. Carry on. No, no, with more, yeah. More, even if you could just figure out a local coach or something. Like, there's so much value to have someone to watch what you're doing, isn't there? Mm. But obviously not everyone can afford that. Um, next question. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Pete Triclops Hagen. He's just got over the last few years, I'm 43 now. Last time I saw him, he looked 21. He did, exactly. Exactly. When I run at night, I get the jumpy legs. Jimmy legs. Jimmy legs. When I sleep. What's Jimmy legs, John? Well, I think it's sort of just shaking your legs, just going a bit cramp, cramping. and uh, velvet in the, in the bed. Yeah, and, and cramping. More times than not. It results in a midnight wake-up call from the calf cramps. Ugh. As we know, this is not a fun way to wake up in the night. Um, I've tried a few things. I electrolyte, electrolyte tablet before bed, wearing compression socks, stretching, um, and drinking water before bed, but it doesn't really make a difference. He hasn't tried meditation yet. Perhaps you could ask Bevan about that, since he's in touch with his more of his emotional side, which is very good, true. Easy, Pete, about easy. So, so what, your thoughts first, and then my thoughts. Well, so firstly, I don't really have too many thoughts. I was putting this one out there to see if we've got any uh, medical gurus out there that might have some, some answers for that. But I think obviously looking at your nutrition as a, as a whole, not just what you're doing during the session or straight after the session is one thing. So looking at your your nutritional nutrition as as a whole, and rather than looking at um, refueling on electrolytes straight after, actually having a look uh, through the day what you're doing about that. Oh, are you playing with your phone? No, there? John. I'm actually pulling my Audible app because when mm-hmm. I'm an Audible app, um, I've got a meditation book I'm going to recommend. Okay. So um, no, John. I'm a professional. Well, my phone's on Husher. So good. I'm okay. Good. I'm, I'm I've noticed. Okay. I'm okay. Uh, so that would be my main advice is, is uh, other than not training at night, you should be training during the day, um, is, is looking at nutrition um, probably before the session a bit more. It sounds like you're taking care of it afterwards, but actually looking at it before a bit more. Now, to be but honest, the, oh, you go. But I'm, I'm wondering if there's a sign, uh, any medical dudes out there that might be able to have a, a, a far better insight into this than, than that. You need to. Yep. Yeah. You can carry on now. Okay. So I think there's a couple of things to consider here is that, um, I'm, I am going to talk about the meditation stuff and more the mind side of things. And, and I think the sleeping thing, because we did have a sleep doctor on once, didn't we? Actually, go, yep. Yep. You're back. Alex Bartle, I think his name was. And, and, and sleep, you know, is such an important part of what we do. And, um, but it sounds like yours is a body thing. So I'm not sure how much meditation, like, uh, like is it a thing that when you go to bed, it's, it's just your body explodes, you know, with the legs explode from your running? 
or is it because you can't relax or is it because when you wake up you can't get back to sleep and um I, you know I, I have meditated for years and I do think it's, it's such a powerful thing to have in our lives and there's a book that I read um because I've, I've done a form of meditation called transcendental meditation which um, which I've enjoyed, I've done for 14 years now, but I've thought recently I wouldn't mind learning some different meditations, and there's one called Meditations to Change Your Brain by a guy called Rick Hansen and Rick Mendeas, and um, and, and it's it's only about four hours long, you can get on Audible or on iTunes, something like that, and it's just, it's quite a good book, because there are a lot of books you read on meditation that talks a lot about benefits and all the rest of it, and this book will spend the first hour talking about benefits, but then it, it just shows you maybe 10 different meditations that you can practice and the guided meditations as well and most of them last from anywhere from maybe 5 to 15 minutes and what I've been doing recently because I'm trying to learn different forms of meditation is that Joe and I tend to go to bed about 9, 9.30 on a good night and you know we'll spend some time together and then she'll teach she goes to sleep that's, for that's me enough, that's enough <laughs> She tends to go to sleep before me. Well, the nights when we spend that kind of time together, I go to sleep first. But, um, and then I'll put my my ears in, and I'll just listen to the meditation and practice the meditations. And I'm not a bad sleeper anyway, so I'm not someone who struggles to get to sleep, and I sleep really well. So I'm not sure if it's making my sleep better, but definitely being someone who's done meditation for a long time, you learn the place you go to with the meditation. And I found this book Sorry. has helped me get to those places pretty quickly in some of the techniques they talk about. So now that may be because I'm experienced at meditation. Um, it may, you know, it might be that these are good meditations to try. And I think the, the good analogy I use with meditation is that is the running analogy. When most people start running, it's just hard and, and they don't get it and they don't enjoy it. And running is one of those things, like, you, for example, at the gym, when someone joins the gym, if I can get you to try a spin class, I'm pretty much going to win you the first class. Most people who try spin once will, will come back the second time and love it. And not just me. Belinda didn't. Oh, well, there was a price thing, but wasn't it? No, uh, not really. Okay, we shouldn't do my class. That was yeah. a problem. But, but most, you know, as, as a conversion rate, spin has a high conversion rate. Yeah. Whereas like a body attack or the impact classes, it's a harder conversion rate because it's a harder exercise. It's a bit more complicated. And running's the same thing. Is that... When people first start running, it's just hard work and they don't get it. And why would you enjoy this? Now, if you can stick at running for six weeks, then you can understand just that thing that, that's so great about running. There's the mm. physicality, but there's that mind space. There's that relaxation that comes with it. the de-stress and all the good stuff that comes with running. But you kind of have to do six weeks of not getting the reward to get the reward. And it's kind of the same thing with meditation that there's, there's thousands of different meditation techniques out there. Some more advanced, some more easy, and some are, some are quite complicated. Mm-hmm. I once read a book on some of the Dalai Lama's guys. And uh, so well, and the type of meditation is a concentration meditation. So you might think, okay, this, this glass, I'm holding up a glass. Close your eyes and try to concentrate on this glass, the, the thought of this glass in your mind as long as you can. Now, so, um, you know, you close your eyes and if you try to do that, like go to bed tonight and practice closing your eyes and just holding one thought for as long as you can. Oh, 30 seconds? Oh, two if seconds. That, yeah, yeah. It's very, very yeah. hard. Now, these these monks, competency is like four days. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they consider that just, you know, just being competent. Yeah. You know, the next level is unbelievable. They did this research where they got one of the Dalai Lama's top monks and they put him in this room and they put him on all these, you know, wires that tested heart rate and body response and all the rest of it. Mm. And they got him to go into his meditative state. And then they stood next to him and shot a gun off. Mm. And it's impossible not to respond to a dramatic event like that. Mm. And there was no response. <laughs> like he's somewhere else. And to me, that's kind of mind-blowing. But like going back to where I'm saying is that with meditation, you've got to do that six weeks commitment. And because when you tell people, I've told people techniques over the year, and they go, I just don't get it. I just, you know, and they so mm. they never stick at it. 
And if you want to try a meditation, you get a book like the one I suggested and um, commit to doing it for six weeks. And then after six weeks, then assess where you want to go with it. But Mm -hmm. you find once you've done it for six weeks, you'll start to understand why it's a valuable part of Mm -hmm. a good thing to have in your life. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's going to help you in this situation, Pete, because it sounds like it's more of a physical thing. But I definitely would get this book and give it a try and give yourself six weeks. And you may find, let's say you do wake up at midnight and right now that when you wake up at midnight, you know, you're staying up for another hour because you can't get back to sleep. The meditation mm. might be able to get you back into a place where you'll go back into sleep. So if anybody's got any tips, and Bevan's given some great tips there on the meditative side of things, but if anybody's got any tips or had advice on this before, uh, it's not an area that I've had a lot of experience in. Just send it through to us and we can share the love with Pete um, and anybody else who has uh, got that. Next next one we're going to hold over to next week. Oh, you want to hold it over? I'm going to get an answer for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. John. Have you pulled up? Have you pulled up the names? I haven't. I don't know if there'll be any there. So should we hold that over to next week as well? Well, what, what if the person is there? Okay. Are you talking about something for a few seconds? So we had the. Uh, have we got any more sponsors? Sorry. Have we got any more sponsors? Uh, coffees of Hawaii. Uh, we've done coffees. No, we, we haven't done coffees of Hawaii. Coffees <gasps> of Hawaii. Okay. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Another stocking filler. <laughs> Goodness, you can actually. Have, you could have. We should. We should be selling IM Talk stocking we do, fillers. We should do a package deal. We should. It's an extreme endurance and SLS yeah. try. Mm-hmm. You get a Netflix profile. John mm-hmm. will sort that out for you. Yeah. And then you get some coffees of Hawaii. Yeah. Iron Talk jersey with your name, with the, yeah. your, you know, you keep talking. The Iron Talk supporters package. There you go. So if you do want to get your coffee sorted uh, for Christmas, probably need to get onto it pretty quick. Um, well, it and with all these things. Yeah, all these things, you just want to get onto them fairly quickly. So coffees of Hawaii do ship anywhere in the world. Um, if you not quite sure what sort of coffee somebody might like, or you're not sure if they need the the grind the ground, or they like to have the beans or anything like that. Then you can uh, there's gift giving. You can get on there and go, go give them a gift card, or you've got um, they've got some coffee packs as well where you can buy four. They've got a little three pack, um, a beach tote, uh, an affordable three island tour of the island style coffees, and then you've got the beach tote nine by two ounce sample so you've got nine different sorts of coffee that would be a nice little spread oh no that is a good idea isn't it yeah uh and then you've also got the molokai three pack and the three pack the island three pack so if i took the, the, the nine pack that is going to cost me 36 dollars 30 nice very nice you can get it in whole, whole whole bean espresso drip grind regular grind coarse grind whole bean nine different sorts of coffees from hawaii that would be good yeah. There you go. It's a good idea because you can just give it a try, can't you? You can figure mm. out which one you like. Mm. And then, you know, then you can kind of order up on that one. So, coffeesofwai.com. Again, we've got all the promo codes on imtalk.me and you get yourself a nice little discount. They ship anywhere in the world. And uh, if you're in the States, they've got all sorts of different shipping options in terms of immediate, two day, you know. Well, it's a good time of year for coffee for everywhere in the world right now, John. Do mm. you know why? Cold places, yeah. come on. Coffee on a cold day. Can't beat it. Oh, even when you've got lots of layers on, you get the coffee and you get the inner warmth happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. But then in summertime, like in New Zealand right now, you wake up, you get to sleep in over this time of year, don't you? <laughs> well, if you haven't got kids. Yeah. You, know, you get to sleep in and, you know, like, you know, Sunday morning you wake up, you don't go out training, you kind of sleep in, you get out of bed about 8.30. No, you go training Sunday morning. It's key day. Okay, well, what day don't you, what day don't you Every train? Day. Every day. You used to have Sunday off, didn't you? No, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you wake up, you get out of bed, the sun's out, you're kind of in your jammies. And you want your pick-up before you go training, or if you want your pick-up. You got your jammies, you go make a beautiful cup of coffee, 
You guys sit outside, mm-hmm. relax mm-hmm. a little bit, talk to your partner. My newspaper nowadays, your iPad. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then you go for a training. There you go. A coffee fits every part of your life. Yep. Coffeesaway.com. Check, check it check, out. Check it out, John. I'm not sure who we talked about last week. I think you need to add one more thing to this form. What's that? When have you put this in? When have you submitted it? Has it not got a post stamp or something on it? Date when they put it in? Time? 25th of the 11th? No, that must have been their race. Yeah. Let's have a pause. No, no, maybe this will work. Well, today's the 11th. Okay, what was last week's show? Well, last week's show would have been the 4th fourth, or the 3rd or 4th, depending on... Okay, okay, I figured, okay, okay, I've got them here in front of me. Okay, you go for it. Okay, John Cox, Western Australia. Oh, there you go, yep, yep, yep. Did we do Barbara Nelson last week? I can't remember. She did a Cosimo, we'll say she did. The Red, the Jet Rocket? Hmm... Okay, well, let's just go John Cox. Give her a bit of love. Wait, we need to put the music on. We don't need to put the music on. I'm putting the music on. Okay, we'll start again. Okay, we're going to start again, John. Start again. Start, start again. Fresh. Okay, here's the music. I am talk. Iron Man finishes. Oh, and it's a beautiful thing, team, because to do an Iron Man, it's not an easy achievement. No. It's not at all. <laughs> yep. What do you... <laughs> I just started to type an email. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying he's, to get some love here. He's throwing his pen down in disgust. Oh, just where's your professionalism? I know yeah. you got Husher, but doing yeah. the emails off as well. <laughs> yeah, this, you need to turn your volume down as well, because you got... How can you have your beeper happening on emails? Easy. No, because it, it distracts you. Well, you just close your emails then. No, just turn that off. No. Turn it off. I'm keeping it on just to get you fired up. <laughs> anyway, so doing an Ironman. a proper rant of the week. Well, oh, because you've got to have your rant of the week yet, don't you? Yeah. John, doing an Ironman is not an easy thing. And these people this week have done an Ironman. Exactly. And then we're going to start off with John Cox. And John Cox did Western Australia mm-hmm. at a time of 12.09. Now, next week you'll have a grading, John Cox, but not today because mm-hmm. we haven't figured it out yet. John, do you think you did a PB? Yes, I think he did. And you got it right. And that's on a slow day in WA because you know, like most yep. of the time you he's would have got slow. that sub twelve. Yes, he would have got that sub twelve. Okay, Paul. Oh, I'm going to say Parrot. Okay. And he is Sylvester. Oh no, I've combined two names here. It's Paul McVie. He's the DeLorean. He did Western Australia as well. He did a twelve oh two seventeen. Nice. You think he got a PB? No. No, you're wrong, John. He did. Oh. He got that PB. The Torian, I gave him that name. You did too. That's a good yeah. nickname. Now, John, only one person that can get PB. I'll, yes. I'll let you know that, okay? Next person, Michael, P-A-R-R-O-T-T-E. Parrot? I'm not good Parrot. at visualizing things like that, but okay. it sounds... Yeah, we'll go roll with that. Okay. And he's Sylvester. That's his nickname. Western Australia did a 12.29. These guys all came in around the same time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they were wearing the IM Talk jerseys. I hope so. Did they get, did he get his, his PB? No. Doesn't matter, he didn't, but he had a great race anyway. There you go. Okay, Blair Vane, um, he, he did Western Australia as well. He did an, oh, Blair did an 11.20.28. Yes. And did he get a PB? Yeah, I'm seeing excitement, so I think so, yes. Yes, you did, John. Yes, he did. He got a he got a PB there as well. Then then we had um, James Anderson, he did Western Australia as well, and he did a 10.37.16, he's this week's fastest racer. Maybe we could have that as well. 
This week's fastest racer. This week's fastest racer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He got a PB as well. Nice. And then we last we had Greg uh, Dufour. D-U-F-O-U-R. Dufour? Yep. Yeah, that'd be Dufour. Ironman Cozumel. He did 11.35.45 and he got a PB as well, John. Nice. Love your work, team. Love your work. So remember, if you want to get your name read out for your Ironman finish, yep. you go to iamtalk.me under yep. one of the banners. What's it called, John? Uh, tell, tell us, us about, about your race I think it is Yeah tell us about your race And then we are going to say it on the show Now this week Community then tell us about your race We're building a community John That's what yeah. we're doing And this week um, We're going to next week We're going to have we hopefully have The official titles But then we've got people to vote on them So this might be the might uh, be a Maybe New, new Year thing. And There's no race uh, The only race last weekend was, was uh, WA So anybody that catches up from here on and um, we'll, we'll do them in the new year Good work Confident we got all those people above the WA people, are you? With Barbara Nielsen, the Jet Rocket, she did Cozumel, she did 1604. Nice Wasn't a PB. Okay. And then Steph, Stephen Johnson, I'm pretty sure we did these people last okay. week. Arizona okay. did, yeah, because he did sub nine. No, he did sub 10. Yeah. 955. Nice. So far, of all our finishes so far, maybe we could have the yearly winner as well. Okay. Because we could do that. You just keep results all that. They're absolutely fine. Well, it's easy because, like, at this stage, our fastest finishes so far. It's a sub niner. Is it? Yeah, we had a sub-niner in there. Yes, it is. John Newsom, 8.41. (laughs) (laughs) And then we had 8.56. So far, it's still Kevin Cody. Kevin Cody, nice work. Yep. So there we go. John. John's rant of the week. Let it out, John. Wait, I'm just going to prepare myself mentally. I'm going to start my meditation. Where you go? Right. um, um. Do you get... get how do you deal with people that question your integrity, Bevan? It depends on if I'm insecure in that area. Because mm. I think that what happens is, like, if you were to say to me you're a bad father, I'd go, I'm, I don't think I'm a bad dad. Mm. You know, like, I'm definitely there's things I get wrong, but overall mm. I think I do a good job. If you were to say, I don't know, there's an area that I feel insecure in, mm. I'm bad at it, then I'd get really defensive. Okay, maybe I'm a little, I don't know if I'm insecure, but so, so who questions you, mate? So, so it's, I, I, I did get pretty angry about this yesterday. I've, I've chilled out a bit, but um, so we had the house travel triathlon festival the weekend, yes, all went pretty well. Entry, Great event, in, in, very well, yep. Entry fee to this race is uh, it's $55 New Zealand, yeah, very cheap. <laughs> um, American dollars, it's probably about $40, $40 US, cheap as, like cheap as, bro. And I think for that. And you always have good packages and stuff. Yeah. So for for that, you know, you got you got timing. You get a, you get a little beanie. You got an icebreaker merino wool beanie with that. Really? Uh, yep. Um, you hook a brother up. Yeah. I know. I will. I will. Um, overall, I think it's very reasonably priced. So we got the prize giving. Um, yeah. You got. I've got seven seven different races to good prizes for, and um, I don't have many companies sponsoring the race that. Do we'll lots of products. Yep. Um, so basically, I have to buy quite a lot of my prizes um, versus most of my sponsors are, are, are cash sponsors that, are, that are do other things. Which are great, things. but you know, you don't get lots of just so, free stuff to give away. So, you know, for, for prizes, um, you, 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 Fiona Crombie, so it was one of the things. We had Fiona Crombie. She's a, a very good New Zealand runner. And she did the, the kind of, not the elite race, the next best race. Yeah, the, the main age, she won age group easy. race. But she was second overall out of all the guys as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so she was uh, second person. Why didn't she do the elite? 
Well, it's her first triathlon. Yeah, still. She's, still. she's an elite athlete. But, but anyway. Awesome. So she wins her age group. She has a nice pair of Smith um, Optics glasses. Great. Yep. Probably worth a couple of hundred bucks. And so the winner basically will take home, um, <coughs> the winner of most categories will take home like a pair of Blue 70 goggles and a bottle of wine. Yep. So, you know, yep. it's it's all right. Um, it's an age group race. Exactly. Third place, get a bottle of wine. Um, yep. Nice bottle of main divide wine. John, I know why you're frustrated because you care about the event. Hmm. And um, for me to go out and spend lots more money on getting better prizes, I'd rather invest that into having a better event and a better experience. And so some tool, and I want to name names. You so, want to? Yeah, but I'm not. You're not. Um, Don't do it. Because I'm going to take the bigger the high road. <laughs> Somebody sends me an email. Complaint, a tool? A complaint. Is it a tool that I know? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, sends me a complaint on, on Sunday evening. Absolutely disgusted. Uh, bottle of wine for, for third place in my age group. Um Race cost fifty five dollars to enter. This is a disgrace. You're obviously just um, a money making venture that don't care about the athletes. I just so had you responded, you breathe. Have you responded? Well, yet? no. The, the, this is where my frustration came in. Is I, I can take feedback like that. Oh no, I can take the feedback saying the prize sucked. I'm like, well, okay, whatever. I could there could be prizes. I'm not happy when people say I'm a, um, that I'm just. Taking money, money from the sport because yes, I need to make money out of the sport because out of the the oh, race because it's a it's, a, it's a, a bloody big investment in my time. But the main problem I have, and this is a problem I have with the internet, let it out, John, let it out. Is this person, you know, because they they filled in a form and they didn't have the guts to put their name on it. Didn't even put their name on it, John. Mm, you know, you got to put your first name, got to put your second name, got to put your email address. They just put like F and F, and I just. That's, but you know that's who it what is. I do now because I sent I sent my first reply was, I just put a one liner. I'll respond to your email if you actually put your name to it. Yep. And then they did, and uh, and then I gave them the, the response. <laughs> and did you put a nice response, John? Did you I, do no, that? I'm I a better was, person. No, I basically broke down that entry fees do not even cover half of the event costs. Yep. Um, and if you re- it's not the World Championships. Yep. And it was what, what category? Oh, I, can't, I can't ask. Yeah. No. So anyway, that was my round of the week. People hiding behind aliases on the internet. That's what really. That's the. Firstly, it was... That's what the internet's all about, John. Oh, it's ridiculous. Just have some balls. If you're going to post something on the internet, put your name to it. I did, because I read that book, The Winner's Bible, which I was a little bit... I found a little bit hard to read. Right. Good message in there. A little bit... A little bit too... I struggled with the book with mm. the, the writer, and I went on Amazon. I wrote a review. I said, good message. Struggled in these areas, but I had my name to John. Exactly. You know what I mean? So you know what? If people want to pull me up. Fair enough. Then I'll yeah. have a discussion around it. Exactly. And like I, I, I've never been a slow twitch. Well, no, I wouldn't say I've never been a slow twitch. When I very first started out coaching, I was putting bits and pieces on there. But you put them on with your name. It's yep. just weak when you hide behind aliases. Yep. Don't be an alias. So yeah. that's the message. That was my And a- don't complain about a bottle of wine. Well, I, 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 I don't have a problem with them complaining about the bottle of wine. It was more that I tried to say that I was uh, making this a huge money-making venture. But John, which, that's kind of what you always get if you get. Mm. Like, you know, like we went to the Marlboro Marathon this weekend, and it's a great event. They do a great job, and there's nothing against these guys. You got a, like a medal that would have cost them like five bucks if you got two plays. Mm. Like it was, yeah. You know, it was. So I was like, that's what, you, that's what happens. I'm quite, I'm quite happy if I get a bottle of if wine for five a price. bucks for a race. Is pretty cheap. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. So anyway, feel your pain, John. I feel you. I'm on yeah. yours. I'm on Team John. Yeah, but overall, uh, DJ BJ had some 
some interesting times on the music side. So we didn't quite get the speaker positions quite no, right. We were having year. issues, weren't we, John? And uh, we had some uh, an overzealous uh, president of our triathlon club that was <laughs> was to keep turning the music down because it was blasting the Lions Club that were doing a, uh, a sausage sizzle, and she turned the volume down. They were a few oldies, times. yeah, and uh, it just killed it. Like we're in the middle of the elite race, and Bevan was cranking into it, and uh, then all of a sudden the music went down. I was like, what? the hell is going on here and she wasn't listening to me so you think John pulled rank didn't you she told to go away and she said John, John wants up he could come do it himself so I just did it I went over and said music's up leave it up <laughs> it was entertaining but it was my fault for not having the speakers uh, well, live and noon live and noon live and noon Overall. good race but good race so, so what happened was the House of Travel Triathlon and so Festival Triathlon and so it's a, it's a series of races there's a classic which is it's what, like about 515? A bit shorter than a sprint. Yep, and then they have a try, a try, they have a kids try, they have a 5K run, they have Teams a race. team race, a, a duathlon, and then mm-hmm. they've got the Elite Cup, and the Elite Cup is a 300 swim, 10K bike, 2.5K run, yep. times two. Mm-hmm. And what was great, it's a handicap race, the girls leave first, and then the guys leave second about four and a half minutes. Four and a half this year. And uh, handicap, were you happy with your handicap this year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I was. The yep. guys raced well, and Nikki Samuels was pretty unfit relative to where she normally. And she said that before she came. Um, but the standard of the guys' field was not quite as strong as last year. So last year was five minutes, and she almost held on. Yeah. And so this year, I gave her four and a half minutes, and uh, she still finished third. So it was yep. still pretty good. Um, but the good thing was it was still an exciting race. Like the mm. men's race came down to like twenty minute, twenty minute from twenty meters from the end kind of finish. Maybe a little more than twenty, but but yeah, it You're was not it, far. Yeah, you know, like I didn't actually see where the sprint opened up. It was just before the transition. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like it was really close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't that far. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and so it was a really close sprint finish, and then we had the old boys race. Mm-hmm. So Andrew Evercam and John Ellis and Muscle Inc. Muscle Inc. They were throughout the day because you know you got the top guys and there was a race happening there, and, and I was commentating. And I thought I'll try to keep something interesting, and so I kind of made a joke that the old boys were racing each other, and this is Andrew Evercam who we've had on the show. And, and John, but yeah, on the show as well. Andrew was on, he's, he's Irish, is he? <laughs> Welsh. <laughs> and he's got a weird accent. He's Canadian, but lived in... Uh, is he Canadian? North- yeah. No. <laughs> yes, he is. Really? Yeah. And, but he lived in uh, the UK for a long time as well. Oh, wow, I never knew that. And now he lives Well, he, he was the guy who he had on years ago about cold baths. Mm-hmm. And then we heard John Ellis on about massage in the past mm-hmm. as well. And Both 40 plus. Both 40 plus, and, and kind of doing the race, and kind of towards the back, but I kind of made a joke about these boys who are trying to want to beat each other. And so throughout the race, you know, I think Alice had a good swim, but mm-hmm. then Everkin had a good bike, and then the run, I think, they came in about the same. I didn't see where they came in the first run. Yeah, yep. I think about the same. And then, again, Alice had a good swim, and Everkin was behind, and then Everkin caught. And basically it came to a sprint finish. It was a full-on <laughs> You couldn't, on you couldn't sprint. have picked it better. So then it's a great event because they've got this kind of lake that they run around, and you can – you can see it for two thirds of the run. You can see mm. what's happening, and so they're across the lake from us, and they're neck and neck, mm. and, I'm, and the crowd's loving it because I've been talking up the whole time, and they stayed together literally right to the end. Mm. And Alice ended up taking it by about a meter. Didn't oh it? yeah, it was a full noise sprint finish. It was up sensational. I was a little worried because that the, 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 the <clears throat> it's it's a sub it's not a subdivision it's a new township they're building and where I had the finishing shoot all the all the, the surface of the grass around there was pretty average it was quite bumpy and I was worried somebody was going to turn an ankle <laughs> in the finishing shoot. So that was a highlight. The, the rate the pro rate or the elite race was definitely mm-hmm. a highlight. Probably the biggest highlight for me, John. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you saw this. 
well, it's always good when you see the kids and adults racing, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they had the kids race happening and these kids would come along and the adults, the ego just couldn't let the kids beat them. <laughs> but often the kids would still beat them. But there was one little girl, she must have been 10, and she's running along like you wouldn't believe it. She's just looking like she's in a world of hurt. Mm. And like seriously, you know, the hurt's happening in her face. Next thing you know, power chuck. She's <laughs> been, really? Yeah. <laughs> she's going up the finishing shoot. <laughs> It's just spewed, like it's almost like the spew beat her to the finish line. She spewed, <laughs> but she kept on going and she made it to the finish. Oh, I didn't was, see that. It was sensational. <laughs> it made my day. Uh, the crowd loved it. The crowd gave her a big cheer. <laughs> she was a tough little bugger. Oh wow! So that was good. So and how was the award ceremony? Always good. Went to the Christchurch Casino. Um, good to see people supporting sponsors turning up for that, and it's always good. You get five buck drinks and uh, half price pizzas. Dave Dorn was. Kicking some butt. Yep, Dave Thomas doing the MCing. It's All good. Had Gina Crawford doing the uh, doing the presentations for the girls. Oh, great! So we had a good. We had Nikki Samuels first, Gina Crawford second, and Julia Grant third. So all three pros, pro field. athletes, which yeah. is a good strong. Julia Grant had a good race, didn't she? Yeah, she was nipping away there at uh, yeah. Gina, and they're biking together a bit. And um, and then on the guys, we had Mike Phillips, who I coached, take it out, which was really good for him. Dylan McNeese, who races seventy point three races, doing Challenge Monica, machine swimmer. Well, was, what was really interesting was because the first lap. Um, they stayed together on the bike and then Dylan fell behind on the run mm-hmm. but you knew Dylan was going to be a good swimmer so you kind of thought he'd catch him up but then in the second lap Mike couldn't drop Dylan yeah well Mike's tactic was he, he tried to drop him early and then he didn't and then he just sat on him because he was confident in his sprint oh, really? so Mike's a good runner Mike's a, a sort of 15 minute flat um, 5k runner oh, wow. so probably, I think it's best 15-10 so he's, he's a good runner but Dylan had a good race yeah Dylan had a great uh, race and then Ross Smith was third so it was all good times mm, good times Highlights for you? Um, although no dramas really for me, which was fantastic. It did run smoothly. Like yeah. Every race started on time. Yeah, no, I had no stress, very very little stress during the week. Um, I was just a bit worried that I'd forgotten about things, but um, no, it all went really well. So it was uh, it was good times. Okay, what you got? Makes a big, it's very nice when you have a decent day of weather that makes all the difference it really does what's your goss John what is my goss uh, training took a bit of a hit last week on project 2014 but that was to be expected and sort of planned in back into it this week go out for my uh, two hour ride after this nice and what's my goss uh, just got to get all my crap sort of for Christmas Belinda's great in that regard she does pretty much all the presents and what's my goss outside of that um, no last week was basically all triathlon festival stuff so that was it uh Yes, no, that's about it. Bevan, what about Anything you? this weekend? This weekend, uh, we've got Christmas parties. This weekend, last week, oh, no, last weekend. Here we go, here we go. Come on, let it out. So we had um, we had the preschool, uh, Blunders on the board of trustees at the preschool. Oh, really? She's one of those mm-hmm. parents. So they had the- Get uh, them behind it. No, yeah. Uh, so we had their the sort of Christmas um, drinks and nibbles. Yep. I wonder, we, we got home at 11, and this on Friday night. Good night, mate. Had to get up at five the next morning. Why? And- uh, and well, just got training before I went out to the Pegasus to set up. Had to have, got to keep training. Got to keep training. Didn't get that much sleep during the night. Somebody was a little ill. Oh, really? Yep. It's a bit self-inflicted, was it? Yeah. Something, <laughs> something with that food, I tell you. <laughs> something in the food, and eh? My, and the Montessori teachers keep cranking till like one o'clock down at Brickworks. <laughs> Brickworks is nice here too, isn't it? That's all right. It's good. It's expensive, but the food's nice. Yeah. I don't know how much it was, behind. Well, yeah, it's a work day. Oh, did they put it on? Yeah, because they put it on for the board of trustees and the teachers. Oh, nice. It is expensive, mm. but it's nice. Mm. Oh, really? So mm. Blinda was a bit sore in the head the next day. Mm. Did you be noisy deliberately? No, I was the caring, the caring one. Really? Mm. When she was waking up in the night going for a bit of a... 
Yeah. You, got, you, you thought, yeah. oh, I'll go grab a bit back? Or yeah. you thought, shut up, I need to train in the morning. I haven't got the bucket. <laughs> Bevan, what's happening in your world? I once had a flatmate, a Bianca, and uh, it was funny. So I worked with her at the gym, and Bianca didn't really like me. Um, Who didn't? Bianca. Remember Bianca? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was my flatmate for a while when I was back in the old place, and, and she didn't really like me. She, we were, I, I kind of, we, we were in this work in the same area, and, and I think she thought I was competition, so there was, was I think she had a rivalry. I, I didn't really know it myself, but I did know that she wasn't a fan of me, and she definitely didn't seem to like me for some reason. And one day she goes to me, I needed a flatmate and I put it out at the gym, you know, you know, look for a flatmate. And she goes, oh, she she did all this research on me, <laughs> found out if I'd be a kid to live with. And, uh, and she decided she'd be my flatmate because I think she must have been desperate. And turned out we became quite good friends. First night she stays at my house, she had a blind ass beauty everywhere. Oh, yuck. <laughs> everywhere. Not just in her bedroom, just like everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> day one and I came home because I think I must have stayed I don't know I must have been at Joe's or I must have God knows where I was but I either got home really late or I got no I did I got home really late I must have been out myself and I was walking in the house and I was just <laughs> and I walked in and she was just so drunk like she was lying in her spirit <laughs> so I had to nurse her and I was cleaning this crap up so I think maybe that's why she liked me after that luckily you had wooden floors at that place so it was no because it was in the bedroom oh. as well so it was yeah it was wasn't that wasn't pretty, John? No, it wasn't in your bedroom. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't in my bedroom. Don't worry mm. about that. Stay away from staff team. Stay away from staff. Yes. <laughs> um, other than that, no. Um, we had our staff work too. Mm-hmm. It was okay. Yeah. No real goss. Disappointed in that. Mm. People getting pretty drunk. Mm. Yeah, it's funny watching people getting drunk. Mm. I got stuck with somebody. You know when you get the drunk. And nobody rescued you. Well, not no, they weren't hitting on me or anything. It was just mm. they were talking to me a lot. Mm. And hope they don't listen to the show. <laughs> No, highly, highly unlikely. No, because I gave them shit about it yesterday. Yeah. And um, no, no gap in the conversation to even say, I need to go to the toilet. Because that's my strategy. If, if, I'm, if I'm kind of around you for a long time and I'm kind of getting over it. Now I know. <laughs> Just go to the toilet. I need to go to the toilet. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. It could be rude. I've got to go to the toilet. <laughs> and uh, that's my kind of strategy. Yeah. Come on, we've all used that one, haven't we? <laughs> I know, I've never had Oh, sure you haven't. And so that's my strategy. But this girl just wouldn't give me anything. So I stayed there for like 50 minutes. So you keep talking, and the problem with drunk people is, as a sober guy, is they tend to go back to the same thing. So she's after about fifty minutes, she's still going, "Yeah, remember you got to do this thing." And so, in some ways, the night was long. Right. Yeah. Other than uh, that, not much happening this weekend. Mm. Bouncy Castle at the triathlon was a good call. That was a good call, except for when the kids almost made a fall over a few times. <laughs> You could see because it was the only downfall of your bouncy castle, John, was there was no one controlling the bouncy castle. I, I dealt with that later on. You did, yeah, because you could see a few parents yelling at kids. Weren't their kids? Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I'm on the mic. It's not my job. <laughs> Righty, hope we'll be back last uh, last show of the year next week, John. Yes. We'll, so we'll release the show on Christmas Day. Well, that's because oh, that's a Tuesday is Christmas. Over that's here. how we roll. And then New Year's Day is a Christmas uh, is a Tuesday as well. I that's hope. how we roll. Mm. So, so you just preset it up. We don't know. You need to update the website over that. We can just do one post for the. John, I will. Okay. Because I'm here to. That's how I roll. Okay. And we've done we've done interviews for so it won't be repeats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I may even put a fitness behaviour in here because I like doing the yeah, Christmas yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. If we do a fitness behaviour in one, we've got two interviews plus two fitness behaviours. We'll have a little rant in there, and we're all good. Maybe we could sing Christmas carols. Maybe you can sing Christmas carols. What's your favourite Christmas carol? Deck the halls with bells. Really? That's your number no, one. No, it's not. It's not. It's just came into my head. Our the Pogues. Come on. Because mm. they even swear in that one. I should sing the the kiddies preschool. So they do preschool. Um, they have a performance next Wednesday. Um, 
He has a big red hat and his coats are black. And his name is Santa Claus. I don't know that one, but the, I'll bring that one along next okay, week. I okay, right for up. a Christmas one. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.